what's up, man? We're back here, first smoke of the day. It's our video debut premiere, and it's episode 25. And we're here with a super, super special guest today. <laughs> it's me, Pat God, your host here always, my co-host, Blackleaf, and then the special guest in the building tonight. Really no no introduction needed. Oh, me sure Big man. sure Bensky. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Good? Yeah, man. This is huge. Big salute. Super stuff. Big salute coming through. And this is our I first, this is our first debut from here right here on the set. I'm creator the of set, Pink man. Panties, creator of Gelato, creator of Sunset Sherbert. If you didn't know. I mean, if that ain't a wave, what's that? 10 years maybe of the biggest wave we've seen in cannabis. Yeah, I mean, like literally Pretty much every that's cross, I mean, that, that is a fucking wave. So huge. We're, happy, we're happy to be here, man. Happy Mochi. To have you, man. I mean, on, on and on, bro. My I'm going to keep riding play. them off. <laughs> I'm going to keep riding Je- them off. Jello is the sleeper. Oh, there we go. Jello. I'm smoke right now. That one, though, that cut's like the hardest one to get. And I'm like Yo. a cut aficionado <laughs> with like hung strains down. And that yeah. was like the cut. The only one that had that, bro, was the big cookie monster. He or like at least he used to have that those packs. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, cookie yeah, monster. man, rest in peace, cookie yeah. monster four one five. But I had real. seen that strain from him, and I was always like, "What gelato is this?" Or like, "What's this yeah. one?" Yeah. yeah, there was just very few people that would get it on the streets. Cookie Monster was one of them, and he was a big part of the it was success. A day one, huh? Yeah, you know, for those of you that don't know, he passed away um, early this year. You know, at a very young age, and so it was a big loss for us. But you know, just want to keep his memory alive. And man, that guy is—you know—we got to give him his flowers now. But even when in the concentrate game. You know, I remember when, you know, it was it was a primarily like white boy game. Yeah. Like heady glass and like Absolutely. dabs and shit. And he was just this we fucking big ass show. black dude that would just show up. Yeah. And every he would and he, he really like was the first one that was, you know, part of that culture, like for as a black guy. You know what I mean? He, and and in his name embrace cookie. Yeah. And I remember I was like, dude, what you doing out there? That's crazy, bro. And he's just like oh, and, and he would be flying around and he would go to the secret sessions yeah. and stuff. But that's how we met just, him. You know, it's it's, point being is like this stuff doesn't happen and brands don't get made like in this game without people like Cookie Monster, Mm -hmm. without people, you know, that there's very few people that I work with um, that I give flower to on that level. And he was just someone that and you always want him to represent it well. And that guy, man, everywhere he went, he would have the packs and he would just be like, here, try this, just try this. And yeah. Yep. literally right you probably yeah, gave you guys acai, some, right? turkey yeah. back. I smoked the first time i ever smoked acai i was like acai he was getting stuff too that you don't get blessed with like you most people cannot get to so it was a whole nother level of like and he would come right up to you and be like hey man good flower yeah. like he came right up to us was like i'll take some of this and like here's something you gotta try this and we were like what yep well, nah. we, we took pride in that and kind of making sure that we all had access to the best stuff, you know, even like when the holy water like was popping, you know, and that first started, we were some of the first guys that had like holy water, me and Jigga, you know, we'd go around a little holy water and no matter, no matter where we went, we always had like a, the flower that was really kind of special, a little concentrate that was sort of special. And just, we were always sort of sharing and giving yeah. it to people and people remember that, you know, and even yeah. you said like cookie monster, I remember yeah. and so many people say like, do I remember when you gave me this flower? I remember when cookie did this. I remember when, and I think like that's the culture. That's what it's about is creating yeah. that sort of that giving sort of thing. People really appreciate that. And everybody always wants a little something different. And when you get some good ass weed from someone, and you smoke it, you remember that shit. Hell yeah. It's and a, it's good it's a blessing. Yeah. It's and one of the when best, you say yeah. the holy water, explain it because I'm, I, I know what you're talking about, but most people, yeah, I, that's that, before them. Like, everybody. I mean, that Shout was out the, to my little bro, Mikey, you know, going back, like 
years, man. I mean, when I was like growing in garages in Oakland and shit, my boy Pitt, um, Mikey would come around little guy, you know, full of energy, very passionate about cannabis, um, real creative. But yeah, he was one of the founding guys of Holy Water. I mean, they just recently, you know, they've come back really hard. They, um, they came out with this collab, uh, that called the unholy. Okay. Shit was, That's yeah, a dope yeah, name yeah. Too. it was fire, but I appreciate those guys were always onto some shit with the concentrates. They had some different partners and whatnot that, but it was like liquid gold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was right? like, it was, it was dark. Okay. Right. And a lot of people would like associate dark concentrate with it not being good, but it was all sort of part of their, their extraction process. And yeah. it was just the early days. Too. Yeah. And it was cool. Cause like you would see like the separation and you know, all the THCA separated <laughs> and we'd have all the jars from all our stuff and they'd sit and then it all people remember, right. You yeah. get these crazy jars and it'd be, that's when people started understanding like the layers of the oils and the terpenes. And what years do you think this is? Like roughly when those concentrate, because that was way before most people. Seven saw years ago, eight years ago, because yeah, it was man. at the same time when like we were just doing sherbet gelato. Gelato just had its seventh birthday in in, uh, in June. Damn! Um, I did a billboard on Melrose for to celebrate it. I saw that. Yeah. That's so in Cali, that's how we celebrate. Happy birthday, that's gelato. how we celebrate. <laughs> strings. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Different genetics and cultivars that we love. That's how we celebrate them. You get a billboard, and there's very few people, man. Like. I always love to see like what you're into around the cannabis space, but it's not actually flour. Like, I mean, you're always touching whether it's ice creams, right? Or gelatos, my bad gelatos. Yeah. Or it's that crazy ass ashtray, bro. That like Rolex ashtray you did. Mm -hmm. They kept saying like, no one can have a, Dude, we were like, yo, how sick would Fairfax be with a dispensary? Because say like seven years ago, everyone's like, you can't have, We've been you can't have a dispensary yeah. on Fairfax. And on zone. Next thing you know, we have a dispensary on Fairfax. How like, are you able to pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> that can't be an easy one. You know, partners of mine and investors and people that like really worked hard. We hired actually, God, what's his name? I'll come up with it. But a guy in LA that he has a dispensary. I can't remember the name of it. But we consulted with them there and they... They just had really good relationships. They ended up talking to the landlord. It was a lot of negotiating and made it happen. You know, we made it, it happen. Zone. We did a partnership with MJ. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was because that zone is so small. Yeah. yeah. If you're past Beverly, you can't have a dispensary and Beverly is a block away. And then there's if, you're, a school past, right there if too, you're past whatever. the high school, you yeah, can't have exactly. a dispensary. So there's like two blocks literally. And it's <laughs> either my block or it's the Supreme block. And I mean, oh, we yeah. got lucky. And the place was a dump. It was like a fish market and it was and wow. so we went in there it smelled like dead fish it was disgusting <laughs> total gut we had to spend a bunch of money but you know in the end sometimes it's not just so much like a money play but uh a statement yeah yeah and, yeah and like it was, it's a flagship yeah man. like yeah. the fact that you have a store on fairfax is like we were just in london and we went to brick lane which is like their fairfax mm -hmm. and like you could tell just by like having a store on that street meant like something to the whole city part of yeah, the culture yeah. it's like it's here's a culture you know what I mean? anyone who fell through too was like yo for us in like 2012 2011 we would come out here we would go to fairfax and that was like the hype you know yeah. we would come out we would get some oh, weed run into currency you know, all, all kinds of diamond shit. supply and yeah, lines yeah. going outside and that was coming from Florida. That was where we first started seeing like the real hype of like, yeah. you know, culture. This you know spot. what I mean? Like, yeah. like people being supportive of like the smaller brands and the shit that was like just drops. And like, if you knew, you knew, you know, like it was different. Fairfax, I mean? Fairfax was just kind of a evolution of the vision, you know, where at that time, Street like wear. two, three years ago. Yeah. It was, 
it was, you know, complex con, like when we launched the shoes, it was about attaching cannabis with, with that culture, you know, yeah. of like Nike and streetwear and everything that was cool. You know, you guys didn't know like two and a half years ago or even pre pre COVID, you know, it was, but it was really different. Right. 100%. It was, it was really like a flex and how cool you are, your gold chains, all the shit. And like, you see a lot less of that now, right? Mm-hmm. People are still into cool shit, but people don't want to show off. Like, yeah. I think is like, like we once did. There's right, always right. going to be people that are showing off. So yeah, yeah. I think from a brand perspective, people, people are really starting to look at the purpose behind the brand. Right. And so Fairfax is, is awesome. I think it's good for like a flagship, right. But it's just the start. It's just the beginning. Absolutely. It's like, it's kind of the attention grabber. And, and yeah. And like, it's, I think once you mark, check off certain boxes, right? People start to respect you on different level. People start to see you. And I saw all these guys that were in streetwear. I won't name any names, but you know, they were running around LA like they're so cool. And you know, they're, they're really not doing anything to help the community. Some, some are, you know, some are, and you know, like for example, Nikki diamond, he's out there on my block, but the motherfucker does a lot for the, for the city. He does a lot for his community. Yeah. And you know, he's from the Bay too. You can sell a good person too from, their family dynamic to their company dynamic to like, like just, yeah, how just they, the way they, how, how they how like, people love how, him. You know exactly, what I mean? Like he's, he's loved. Yeah. But just certain people there to me, they're doing it right in terms of connecting with the community. But a lot of people, they're just not, it's like this negative. See, um, I feel like it's been a money grab. It, it's to me, it's a negative competition. I call it the trenches, right? Which I've been in the trenches and I rose up through the trenches. I was raised in the trenches, right? Like with that. Yeah. I eat the mud and but like, <laughs> I love that. still, still slightly. In, I like man. it, but there's also bosses, right? Even if you look at certain rankings and like how, you know, there's, there's a reason why there's ranking and the reason why you start at the bottom, there's a reason why you rise to the top. If right. you do your shit right. And you, yeah. You, you, you know, eventually you'll be making mm-hmm. those decisions and, you know, and especially as we grow older and, you know, I just turned 45, I'm not a kid anymore, you know, and I'm not, I shouldn't have to be scrubbing, you know, reservoirs and, and shit. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not you know. right. No, no that's and, like, and there's a lot of people that's like just, having your dad, but they try to, do, they try to put you in position and say, well, you're not a grower if you're not in there scrubbing a res, but right, it's like, no, listen, it. that's part of it. 15 years though, 15 years. I mean, one of the things when me and him first linked up, he used to tell me, I'll make sure that you never scrub another res in your life. And real, I, and real. for a grower that you're like, you talking real to me? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you the know, is to be a business owner and, well, and to put people in position to win, to, where own, you to build a to team, own. you know, and, well, and let them up their value. Talk about company, where you're going, you know, I mean, before, right before you made the decision that like, Hey man, I, I'm going to grow full time. Like, what were you doing? Um, like what job estate. Real, estate. real estate? Yeah. So I started, Sales. I, I read, I read rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki, yep. um, in like 1999 while I was on wow. vacation in Hawaii or 2000. And I and came like, why? And I came back and I got my, my grandfather, Antonio Shrillo was a, was a real estate broker. Rest in peace. He was also a fighter pilot. He was a legend. I looked up to him, Italian guy, Sicilian adopted my mom. So I was kind of raised by the Sicilian family, Oh wow! but he was a hard worker. He was very connected. He would talk Italian to people. He was very very personable, you know, and he was a, he was a, he was a pillar in the community. He like, he played golf with the guys that, you know, were the newscasters and like the, the movers and shakers. And he opened up the first um, chain of piano stores in California, my grandfather. And so he had a whole business hustle where 
he had all the best piano teachers. And if you bought like a $10,000 piano from him, you would have um, lessons for life. And so every time you came, oh, wow. he would give you lessons. And so he, he was really successful entrepreneur. So I think like I picked up a lot, you know, from him and, you know, moving forward into like what, how I decided to kind of take the approach into from following his footsteps and being real estate. And at that time, I'd also done a couple of years of construction. Like I, I, I left high school like six months before I was going to graduate. I got in a fight and they were like, all right, you got to go. They tried to send me to continuation school. <laughs> and I told quit. my dad, I was like, yeah, shout out. Lizzo, you bitch. Still I'm, actually, I'm actually out. <laughs> I got another plan. My yeah. dad was old school. And I went to my dad. I remember sitting in the living room and I go, dad, I was like, I'm not going to go sit in front of those guys and try to like explain. They want me out. They're, they're totally racist balance. You and he's just like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to work. And he goes, you're going to get your diploma. I said, yep. And he's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I got my real estate license That's and dope. then worked my ass off for that. And then I ended, up, I ended up doing real estate and then the real estate market bombed like in early 2000. And I was yeah. like hustling. Like, I was in San Francisco. I learned to like, so I have that side of me where I'm like, you know, I can do um, real estate contracts. I was a but real now you got real estate years. and now you got construction. And I you know where honest. this is going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a growers grower. I was about to say, two of the best growers I ever met was a construction guy and the other guy did real estate. And together we made a crazy little team for a little while. But that's what I'm saying. He He's laying the footprint for wow. uh, what's to come. Yeah. And so we talked about like how it got started and like how I got into it. And at that time, you know, there wasn't, people weren't advertising like that they were growers or, you know, it wasn't, it was very you know, hidden, even like electricians were hard to find. You oh. had to know somebody if someone's going to build your room like out. Even five years ago. What's that? Even five years ago. Was <laughs> yeah. like, even now, some people oh, are still you, living you, by that. You gotta code, be, you know? But then you, know? you were like, I'm going to hire the electrician. I'm going to pay him. And then I hope he doesn't come back and rob me. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. thing. Like, oh, hopefully I'm, I'm going to give him more than he's asking, but please just forget my address after this. I've been working with the same electrician. Shout out Ray. Ray now is like, Ray's a legend in the industry now. Ray. Ray's, I got Ray, you motherfucker. I got you into doing air conditioning because I needed you. And now you literally are buying homes and shit on your How many air conditioners this guy's installed? Because he would, no one was really doing it. And there was one guy that did the, the split system AC installs, right? Yeah. Because wow. it's not, even AC guys, they go out there and they're like, what? What's going Like most of them are from companies. Yeah. So I was like, dude, it's not that hard. I saw my guy do it. I go figure it out. And he goes, all right, I'll buy me all the stuff and I'll figure it out. And now he has like his whole... He, he installs all the split ACs for like everybody in the Bay Area. Because we didn't see it until we came to the West that's Coast. That's what it's all about, though. Literally. Just, yeah. Yeah. Helping your people, you know, learn how to fish, man. Like, here's a rod, bro. This but there's you know, one and layer. That's you. a good yeah. opportunity, yeah. man. Yeah. You get it. You yeah. Know? There's but, one layer of the contribution to the game, though, right? Because everything is born out of necessity. And if there's people that need split systems and there's nobody to do it, we're going to find somebody to do it for the game. Yeah. yeah. That's what we did. And literally... He's probably installed like thousands of people. Like, so anyways, we build up with each other, friends and like family members, which that as people know, doesn't always go well. Like when you, you, you think those are the people you can trust the most and you find out that that always they isn't the case. The most, man. And well, now when, realistic. and it hurts the most on the flip side when it goes the wrong yeah. way. Right. Yeah. But Honestly, coming from the East Coast, because we're I'm originally from Florida, right? I did I did my stint over there and then I moved out here like seven years. I was in Colorado for a while, but mini splits, bro. We didn't know anything about that. And like positive air pressure, 
yeah. young growers that look that shit up. I mean, positive air pressure. It, it, I mean, yeah. honestly, it's a big upgrade when you go from like your little airflow. Cause I was always, so, all right, let's go back a little more. So yeah. my friend, real estate market bombed. I was living in the sunset in San Francisco, sunset district, they call it. And I had in, in those houses, you know, you have a basement, it's you go upstairs and your house is on top, but the whole, everything, the whole floor plan on the bottom is your basement. Basically yeah. it's huge. And so a lot of people would like Perfect. this, they, they would close it off and, and make a wall old. and have your grow in the front. And yep. you would have your prop 215 paperwork. And it was just like, let's go, let's start oh, growing. Yeah. Love it. And Damn. that's how I kind of, my boy was like, I was like, man, what am I going to do? And he goes, dude. And it was literally like, you see that little corner right there. Yeah, It was about yeah. the size of that. And it was in the wow. corner of my garage and it was full so, of, so for all you guys at home, six you, could by get, six. you could start with the tent. Yeah. The man himself started. No, even right now it's legal in California. hundred yeah. percent. Six by six space. We're, we're looking at a four by four, six by six space. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. About. And look, I didn't, you know, and I didn't know any, well, I did know my boy, Jeff. Right. And shout out Jeff, you were Jeff Smith. Band. Yeah, I'm gonna drop the last name Jeff. Hell yeah, so, oh, Jeff. Because yeah. yeah. you're the OG to the OG. Yeah, Jeff is so, OG. Yo, so Jeff Smith, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Manifest. <laughs> shout out. Yeah. So my my girl at the time, like her best friend was was that was her brother, and so he, she's like, hey, you should meet my brother and all stuff. And so I went by this spot, and he was doing clothing, but he was like had all these packs. So I was like what's this? So then I got to know him a little bit. So when I decided to start to grow, he was the one guy I knew that was like crushing it. Right. And he was, yeah. he was just, I was like, so I went and talked to him and I'm, I'll never forget. He, we went up, we were having some, we went to some, some like shady Mexican spot and he was having a beer and he was kicking. He's like, so what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to grow pot. Where the guy and I've had people do this a million times yeah. to me, right? They're all nervous. And sounds like, very familiar. You're, you're, and they give yeah, you their yeah. whole life plan oh. and like why it's all led to this. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the worst person you could go to. <laughs> so, anyhow, so, he yeah. sends me to Grass Valley to go see my boy Roy, Roy who's a stakeholder <laughs> in Grass Valley in, in Nevada City. So he's he's got a he's had a uh hydro store there forever. Shout out Roy. He takes me on river rafting or like in a kayak. He lives right on the river. Um, shows me around in the truck, all fishing, the whole shit. I get high as shit. We have dinner. I pack my fucking truck full of shit. I mean, I couldn't have, I couldn't fit one more thing. And then I, he sends me back to San Francisco, right? I unload all my shit. I'm ready to go. I'm all pumped. I'm like, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, yeah. I can't get a hold of Jeff. I literally emptied my, I had a 401k that I started doing. Like when I was doing real estate on my own, I had like 10 grand in it. I drained it. All my money was spent. I literally had no money, just barely getting by. And, uh, um, Jeff had basically gone on a bender. Jeff, this is part of history too. So thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff um, Smith. Yeah, Jeff Damn. Smith. Bro. <laughs> Fucking uh, went on a bender when my man, my man Sherb needed, yeah, needed, needed to know how to set up the grow room. So he goes to LA and he's like, he gets in the thing with the girl for broke up his girlfriend. He's nowhere to be found. So I'm like, all right, what oh, am I going to do? TJ. I got all the equipment. I'm all pissed. I go down to Hate Street mm -hmm. and I go down. Popular Hay Street, Hate Nashbury. Yeah. I lived about five minutes from it. Um, so I go down there, I go down to this bookstore and I get Ed Rosenthal's book. Oh. Like, and I also it. got Jorge Cervantes' book. I think it the was like the, the Grow Bible. Yeah. yeah. And so I read that thing 
I went home, read it front to back, like twice, like both of them. And I was like, all right, I think I got this. And I just, I created the environment. I had my airflow, I had my little fan. I built the boxes all myself that like the diversion. Love it. Yeah. And so I built my whole thing in the sunset. The like two days after everything was all set, I was like, all right, I don't hear anything. I'm talking to my neighbor and the houses are joined. Right. Oh, and like, so there's no gap. There's no like, and I was talking to my neighbor. I go, yeah. I was like, we just start chatting and we're talking about like keeping that. I go, Hey, if you're a mean thing, let me know. You know, I was like, I got guns and shit. And he goes, yeah, me too. I'm a cop. And I was like, Jesus. So never mind. Yeah, I'm undercover. So I'm in the So my first row was next, I, to, a next to a cop. Wow, I lived there for like two how years. To live stealth. Stakes yeah. were high. Yeah. I was yeah. Florida life right there. No <laughs> smell. The bay, no vibrations from the fucking fan. At least you're like, in the bay though. Yeah, yeah I was, that's the only thing. But dude, at this time, they were kicking doors in. They were yeah. busting people. They if you smelled anything, people were it calling didn't the matter. Cops. You like, you were early 2000s or what? Yeah. This was like. 2004 yep yeah because that yep. was right when uh sb420 yep. like came into effect that's when i really started going hard like i you know and um but yeah that was sb420 for those that you don't know uh prop 215 was 1996 and people of california voted for medical marijuana um the compassionate health act so it took them eight years to um do had released sb420 which was a follow-up um, and the legislation that uh, set the the framework and the guidelines for people like me to grow collectively. Um, and it set more guidelines. So there wasn't so much gray area. So that set like plant counts, how much you could have on you, um, how you could work collectively. And so that was the basis of how guys like me got started. And I'm proud of it. That was the beginning. It was the opening part. of the door. It was all from yeah. the AIDS epidemic. If you really want to go back, and I always show love and um, and I honor like the giants that the, of the shoulders we stand on, like, yeah, yeah. like Dennis Perone, who was a gay man in the Castro. The first he had the first dispensary in the, in really in the U.S. and it was in the at his apartment in, in the Castro. The first high times on U.S. soil was held at his his house and um, wow. in, in the Castro. And so he, I think it was Prop P. Um, guys like Steve Leangelo as well, got a lot of love for Steve, but these guys have been around that are older than me that I know that I'm, I follow in their footsteps. And that's why I tell the story mm-hmm. about the history of it. Cause a lot of these cats these days, they're so caught up in like being the coolest and the chains and the badass and all this shit. And they're so detached from reality of what this industry is all about, which is the compassion and going back to the AIDS patients. The whole reason why we're able to go in stores and buy weed now is because Guys like Dennis Perone sat in front of legislators and convinced them that, that I've got AIDS patient friends that are going to die and they yeah. can't eat and they can't sleep. But when I give them cannabis, it like it gets me emotional. Dog. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. real shit. No, for yeah. Sure. It's um, tied to your purpose. There 100%, you go. 100%. But when you experience, I was there and I, I met Dennis Perone and I, I went to wow. the, um, the like on the doorsteps of the Capitol and I saw those guys just fucking like, cannabis needs to be legalized and fucking just like yep. fighting, bro. I can't imagine growing, like being and there when all, you know, that was taking place. I, it was, it was an honor, bro. Yeah. And it was political. And guys like the first dispensary <laughs> I went to, um, you know, Martin Olive at the, at the, uh, the vape room, um, the jellos kicking in. Um, but he was the first. <laughs> No, this when, is I, gross. when I had my, amazing, my weed, let me, let me go back a little bit. But when I had my first flower, right, I printed out from the Department of, uh, of, the, of Health from San Francisco, went online and there was like 10 dispensaries and it was all over the Bay, like 
um, Oakland cannabis buyers group. And there was like a few others in, in the East Bay. And then there was just like this, these, these addresses. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I just went to all these different ones. And some of them do were shady as fuck. Like you're just bad members and shit. There. Yeah. I was just but like, this shows right. you when you want something, you don't let and it, it just shows you that no one like, skips this step. Cause we did this too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, like, but, not, but see, at that time when stuff. we were all doing this, like this was like we were the first. Like there was, it was to me. I, I call it. It was the beginning. We were way later, by the way. But yeah. Well, at this time, this was like the beginning. Like mm-hmm. the people like talking about like, the Martin Mecca. Olive. Yeah, like Martin Olive. The he was like one of the first guys who had a dispensary in the country. And the Bay Area is the is the is the epicenter. Of this is the mecca. It's like that's yeah. where it all started because it started from the AIDS epidemic. I believe it's Prop P. Forgive me, Dennis, if I'm wrong, but I think it was 1989. It was something for like Berkeley. And he was like, yes, I want to have a nice establishment for my friends to come and smoke and sit down in a safe place where they can feel respected and honored and they can have their medicine. And he was, and it passed. Right. And so that led to all the, the, and there was a lot of, I, I, I honestly, man, like, um, Tony Sarah, I believe is one of the, the lawyers, um, um, uh, Hallinan, you know, there's these, these legendary lawyers that were like hippies that were well, a huge part. part of that, the framework of like San Francisco and cannabis culture through the, through nice, um, freedom fighters name, Dr. Makamura, or so, I, I forget there's, there's, um, Dr. Hanya Barth that was, she wrote like the majority of the, of the scripts in San Francisco's all of these people are part of this movement, right? A lot of them have passed away now, but, um, anyways, this is all part of where I wanted to go. And I think it is these, these can't be forgotten. Right. And like the compassion that I think was missing now in the industry. And so I think I always want to go back and just show honor to like the mm-hmm. history of it and how I got started. Right. I was there going with my backpack to the dispensaries and I ended up meeting on Martin and Martin, when I walked into his dispensary, it was, it was a lot like this. It was literally like this. It was that <laughs> 70 show lava lamps. Everything was, he threw together some couches and shit. And it was like, yo, let's yeah. create a vibe. And it was the first place I ever went in. I felt safe. I felt love. I felt warmth. I felt community. I sat down with the guys I've never met just like this. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, dude. And they had grinders and oh. they had, they had all the shit set up. And I was That's like, I was bro. like, this is it. For a grower feeling safe and then being around like-minded people where you could be like, uh, it's it's literally a hard be able to make a friend or two here. Yeah. It's just a great feeling. Mm -hmm. And you probably ran into other people doing the same thing growing. I'm guessing and dodging. Like what were you, it was that first strain though. Just a quick back. That first strain, when you set up that little tent, what strain was it? Afgoo. Oh, great strain. That was like running. And the the buds were, the buds were like this big. All of them. My first <laughs> run. My first run. And it was just crazy. Yes. I was like, whoa. I fell in love. For those of you that ever grown in, in the small, like you're literally, you're sitting there in a five gallon bucket and you're just like watching it. And you, you think like watching it is going to make it grow faster. Yeah. And you realize it won't. And you learn patience. Yeah. Right? Because growing, there's a lot of patience. And you, you also learn faith like yep. growing because you have faith that <laughs> the, what you're doing now, the work you're putting in is going to bear fruit. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, that's the thing is like, I always have the saying where time flies. Right. But that just means that I'm growing more weed. So, yeah, you know, well, you're, <laughs> I like that. That. you're falling in like love that. with it. You're falling in love with your if craft. You got weed coming down. It's a good thing, but you're, he's yeah. falling in love with his craft. Is that what he's, what he's representing? Cause like, I remember that I remember laying on the floor, right. We'd have big trellises and I would lay under, see the lights with the leaves. And I, and I would just, 
wow, this is no one knows. And this house is booming and all these other people are living normal lives. And I got this fucking crazy house cranking right yeah. early 2002, yeah. 2003. It's and it, that feeling though, is he's fallen in love with his craft and then now becomes the I passion. Think, of, I think the reason you see like a lot of companies and cultivators and people within this industry clash is because within their six human needs, a lot of their top need is significance. And like being a grower makes you feel very significant. I feel like as far as like, yo, you have a grow house. No one knows what you're doing, especially back then. Like, mm-hmm. and even now, I mean, this is, man, this is, this is amazing. And what, <laughs> yeah. we haven't even got to what we're on the table yet, but yeah. continue and keep going on with the story. Afgu. I'm, I'm loving yeah, it, bro. So, so you had the room, the Afgu, and then, you know, so I meet Martin. He's like, I take my first run down. Right. And he's like, fuck dude, this is great work. And it, like, literally I just, I ended up, I went to like six spots. I ended up going to Martin's and I was like, okay, this it. is cool. And he's just like, had a beard, little dude. And I, he's just like behind the counter. He's like, you know, a little cocky and shit. He's like, hey, check <laughs> it out. And I was like, and it was literally just, that was it. I had my weed. I had my hash. There was a counter. There was a man. What do you think? Boom. No testing. Just like, I, yeah. I didn't spray nothing. It was all love. And he's just like, dude, this is phenomenal work. And I was like, thank you. He Hell goes, yeah. He goes, what do you want for it? And I was like, bro, I mean, I had no idea. And the first fucking, he gave me like 3,800, like the first fucking, this was Killer. like, yeah, he didn't try to rip you off. He didn't. No. Try, oh, let me show yeah, you the road. Your and found where your, your place was first. Yeah. I was just like, this and is man, what I have to offer. Like, what is it worth dog? People. Yeah. And I, yeah. he could have told me two grand. I would have taken it. Happily, Some right? fire ass goo. Yeah. And Sounds then he goes, good. this was dope. And then oh, I, I pulled out, around. I pulled out a big old patty of fucking hash because Afgu made the best fucking hash. It was like, I got some seeds I just found from 2011. That I, I think I heard that on your some burnies and some yeah. breaking those out. Yeah, I'm gonna break those out and just bring it's a, some like shit. we keep you know in time capsule up that the originals are gonna come back around and then the yeah. remixes are gonna hit. Too. I want to get into that a little bit too, but the thing and why I stuck to the originals and why I haven't done a bunch of breeding is because I, I, like I come that. from the homies Jello like smoking by like, the way, like my boy Gander Big Chirp. Yeah, yeah. So this is nice cider, bro. Thank my you. boy Ian and um like um like Josh D, right? Those Ian, my good <laughs> friend that I've known for 20 years in the Bay, one of those cats that you know certain guys like when we were younger where you knew they sold weed, but like you you wish you could meet these guys. Right? Yeah, hell and yeah. back then there was just the there was an Instagram, there wasn't no, there was no way to reach out to these motherfuckers, and it was like a code, like you didn't dare. He was one talk. of them for yeah. me. You were yeah, one of them. I mean, I, yeah. so Ian was like one of those guys for me, right? Yeah. Like it was yeah. just I knew he was like the OG crew. He was a contract. He's built like fucking a thousand grow rooms. Josh D was his friend. He was from like the San Bernardo Valley, and he went, you know, and he moved, he was one of the kids that moved up to, to LA when he was like in high school. I mean, to the to the Bay Area when he was in high school. So I'm when I met him, he started telling me, Yeah, my boy Josh, this is the thing with the OG, this is our OG. And then um my other boy, uh Dave, Super Dave, Vaj. These two cats were like a little older and they, they had, they were just rocking. My boy Vaj lived in this little house and he had like his underground thing with like these 600s and he, and it was just OG and he grew the most fucking fire OG ever. And I was like, dude, this is insane. And it turns out this is the OG. This is like the Josh DOG. This is the whole, wow, the, the real deal. Yeah. So that was part of my 
friends and family just from like being in San Francisco and being in certain crowds. And so I made, were in the Bay first. Uh, yeah, I'm the, I, I'm from jo- the Bay. Yeah, so but, yeah, but, 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 but Josh, I mean, Josh D and those guys, they were in the Bay first. No, they were in LA. Oh, so they yeah. were in LA. Wow. So you found Ian your way down. to the Bay. Oh, Ian was so their he one was friend. Got Ian it. was their Killer. one friend and he took the OG. Got it. And so that was my whole kind of, and, and that's what led it into the Bay. Where I'm going with the story is these guys rocked this shit forever. And they yeah, just, they and it never went out of style. And even to this day, I, like, I still rock. I, like my boys that grow the good OG, I'm like, where is it? Give me a bag. Yeah. I need it. And He's down it. in Florida now. It's Josh it. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes fast. And, you know, but that's why I was like, let me do these and let me do them the best I can. And they're never going to go out of style. Right. Yeah. You're and, right. And the, the fact is people have taken some of them and they've created their whole brand really off of it. Like Bacho Gelato is one of the biggest like brand, like Frost and seed sold and, I don't know how much I got, market share I got Bacho in a jar in there yeah. by, a, by a well-renowned grout grower for sure. Yeah. You know, all it's fire stuff. strain, bro. You created, I mean, it's sure. fire, you know, I could go on and on. If you look at like a lot of the hot strains right now, they either have Bacho in it. They have yep. Sherbert Jello. Oh, I've been able to keep, I mean, even going back to the very beginning, man, when I was just building these strains up, <laughs> I would literally have my backpack and I would hop in my truck and I would go to San Jose I would go to I would go to see my boy out in uh, in the, um, Union City. I would go to Berkeley. I would go to San Francisco. I would, and so everybody got a little bit of the weed, and then there would be some on the street, you know, and like Cookie Monster and yeah. guys like yeah. that. Yeah. And so that I good always rep, felt a lot reps. of the guys were like, keep it on, keep it on the street, keep it on the street. They don't, you know, the clubs don't deserve this. This is that exclusive. This is that exotic. And this was like before people were calling shit exotic. They right? didn't see the long play. Like we. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. We started this fucking game. And and look where we're going with it. It's definitely going to be reclaimed, you know, because what's happening right now is there's just a lot of watering down. People are starting, you know, like if you have a bag and if, and it could be whatever, they just name it something else. And it's just a problem. And, and I think I've allowed people to just kind of run with this stuff because it doesn't, I think it's great. Like if someone could take it uh, like, and put the work in, and work with a genetic. I don't care if it's a bag seed. I don't care if it's a, the only thing I don't, I don't approve is people that have stolen genetics from me. Right. Like I don't bless that. I don't no, honor that. No and, thieves or liars, you know, ever. and you know, spirit doesn't honor that. And so ever. that's what they have to deal with. But the people that have put in the hard work and the passion, I, I wish blessings and, and prosperity on every single person. Especially seed chasing. Yeah. Keeping genetics in house though, especially going wreck is like so Almost. difficult. My buddy always tells me, once you go wreck, it's an ugly game. It, we always it, he's he's say, he's had such a game. battle that he always tells me once you go wreck, you better be working on the, <laughs> like the next thing because like it's like the culture, right? No, you got to hire people that you're like these guys would have my back in a fight just me, like they would in the bar. Let like me tell that. you how it's I tough. feel about business. I'm a business owner. Yeah, I've, you know I've had a lot of employees. My personal, and I'm just going to say this for the record, and just for other um, business owners as well. Even good people. In human nature, like people are going to take advantage of certain situations. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person per se. It means that people are desperate. And when you back people up to oh, against the wall, their, their instinct comes and they, they'll survival. make this, they'll make some decisions that are for their survival. Yeah. And if they know that, damn, I might lose my job. I might go job. I might get my ass kicked. I might fuck. But if I can make, if I can just cut this and put it in my pocket, and if I can get out to my car, it might change my life, all my friends' life. 
And guess what? 50,000. It does. How many people have actually oh, done that? You know what I mean? Where they go. But look, and then let's say we're boys and I come and I go, oh my guys, I got the, I got the jello cut. Yeah. We're, and then be like, you're the man. Oh shit. Yeah. And then we're trapping. And honestly, and now your packs a, go from 25 to 45. It's a drop in the bucket to the market though. Right? Like, if you look at how much weed is consumed and how much weed is done with whatever sent, whatever in the fucking States, it's like all of us could grow a thousand pounds each a month. And guess what? No one would give a fuck and no one's even notice. Cause it's just like, it's like this little <laughs> bit of weed fire, that gets, it's smoked. Yeah. And yeah. my point is like, there's enough for everybody to go around. Like if as you, long as it's quality. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but you got to get it by good means and you got to put in the hard work and there is no shortcuts to success. Period. Wow. So there's new stuff coming in and Jello. I want to bring this up too, but we'll, we'll catch us up. Hold on. What happened after you hit that first shop off? No, you want to go back to history? Yeah, man. We got to right. keep We're going. We're in the time machine. It. Yeah. Time machine, <laughs> We're in the first, um, first smoke of the day time machine. Today. Okay. No, that, it does get good. That's, that's the next chapter. So once we establish the relationship, right. And I'm like, I fell in love with like after about three or four months, I'm like, Hey man, I want to give like my, some extra weed, like to the people. This was, this wasn't, and so that was like, I learned the compassion side of it. Right. Because they were like every Wednesday, they give weed to like disabled people. They give like weed out. And I was like, man, that's dope. And that is I, dope. Like, I said, I have wow. this trim. I have this stuff. I go. And so I literally, I would make, we would make cookies. We would make, we would make, I would just make shit myself, literally go get stuff, boop, 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 do my trim, make that's butter. So I would, and I yeah. would have like a couple of ounces of weed and I go, Hey man, who's someone that I can help? This is a tearjerker for me too, man. Sometimes like this is, this <laughs> no, is, this is what got me in. This is what made me dedicate my life. And At like the shows we felt a little bit of it. Yeah. But so Martin goes, Hey, there's this woman I'll hook you up with her. She, she needs weed. She, she's really like, you know, she doesn't low income and she's, she's single mom or something. She needs help. I was like, okay. So I met with her and she's like, Hey, I go, how much do you consume a month? And she said, oh, about an ounce. So I, I started giving her about an ounce a month. And then like three months later, she comes up to me and she's like, I give her the weed and she starts crying. And, and I'm like, yo, what's up? And she goes, she goes, I, one leg that I have is like shorter than the other. And I've had, and it's been giving me back problems and I can't sleep. And she goes, since I don't have to spend $300 at a dispensary, I was able to go and get like sh my special shoes I need. And now I can walk and I'm not in pain and I'm sleeping at night because of your flower and only your flower helps me sleep. And I was just like, I was like, I think, I think I got so emotional got later. Wow. Yeah. And so I was like, well, she got that edge. She needed so she told me. Yeah. And at that moment I was like, wow, I can make an impact in this world. Yeah. You know, like I can make a difference. Like me, right. I don't have to be a doctor. I don't need to go to school. This yeah. is fucking real deal right now. Fucking the trenches, like, on the line. Yeah. And I was like, I was like literally driving home and I was like, man, I, I, what I called, that was the moment when I decided to partner with the plant. And I was like, yo, yeah, we're doing this. And it was yeah. just so I realized that everything in my life up to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what we're talking about, the little bit of construction, the realist, all the things I was like, okay, this is like perfect. We we're brewing a pot and we're yeah. putting all these things in and that's what we're getting now. Yeah. 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 And so I fell in love with that culture of just, and at that time, you know, from like, that's when high times was still cool. That's when all these shows were, it was so still, cool. you know, I mean, <laughs> to me, it was when it was like, there was like 10 oh, companies. The biggest thing ever was to win a cannabis cup. Yeah. It was a dream about it. <clears throat> but at that time, it was like, you knew everybody that had a booth, right? They all yeah. were part of the community. We all, it was like way, like it was so different. You might've got word who paid for you the would order see, already. You would see the same weirdos <laughs> like at the different, 
Like you'd see him at the, the you know, protesting at the Capitol yeah, and doing yeah. the thing. And then you would see him and it was bro back then there was, it was hardcore. Like, you know, all the community and just to give some love to the, to the psilocybin mushroom community, especially in the Bay area. It's great that I've been able to be part of like, like what Oakland high phase doing my boy Reggie over there and just okay. like decrim nature. I don't know if you guys no, just to no, give educate, us some that, yeah. educate us on that real quick because so so uh, you guys you guys heard have heard about like decriminalization happening yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. Oakland and, and some of these so um Carlos and Larry um are the founders of Decrim Nature and follow them or Google them and support them. To me, they're at the foundation, they're at the like those are the guys that are really like pushing the envelope for to really do it right. Not legalization, but decriminalization, which yep. legalization which we've um, experienced through Prop 64 can lead to, you know, things that aren't so favorable, especially for people of color. Um, And so that's something I'm passionate about too, is like minority rights. And um, I just recently joined the MCBA. So that's something, um, you know, that, that we're fighting for. Yeah. So, so yeah. So what I'm noticing and feeling like, like, and what I'm loving is the community that they're building, um, you know, teaching each other how to grow, um, having organized events and, you know, people of color. And, and if in Oakland, that's what I want to see happening. But what's so dope is like, that's being incubated by like people that I really like, I think are really dope and have vision guys like Reggie that are community leaders that are just doing it right. Right. They're not, Mm -hmm. they, 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 what, what's different now is guys like that and why I'm involved and why I'm speaking is because they're like, what lessons can we learn from the cannabis? Ah, smart. And what I'm telling them is like, dude, I had nobody to tell me, Hey, look out for these shady guys and all the like, and let me just put, if, if there's one thing I can say on the show and I could talk to all my growers, all my guys that are coming up in the industry, if you respect me, if you want to be in the game, if you want to listen to anything I say, like be, be weary of these, these predator predatory lending techniques and these, these investors that want to come in and want to big you up and take you all over and, and make you really feel like it's it. And really in the bottom line, in the contract, it's all for them and it's not for you. And it's all good until it's not all good. And then you lose your certain parts of your, your company. And and the thing is, if you have something special and if you're creative or you have certain genetics, like believe in yourself and hold on to that as long as you possibly can. And and if you have to make it a business decision where you have to give up certain part of your company, you have to do whatever to do what you have to do, then so be it. You make that decision. But there's a lot of people and especially in what, in in like with psilocybin now, right? There's a lot of other factors to, to think of because mushrooms are not like cannabis. They're not consumed on a level like cannabis. Yeah. Right. So if one company starts blowing up a big warehouse and they're making all the, guess what? That's more mushrooms than like whole cities can consume. Right. Oh, wow. So it's not like cannabis. So then what happens and you take it further into like the indigenous communities where a lot of these plant medicines come from like ayahuasca, um, some of these other indigenous plant medicines where their whole communities are dependent and rely on that. these type of businesses. Yeah. And so what we want to do and what decrim nature um, is doing is, is going in and not, not being like the white hero and coming in and saying, Oh, I'm going to save the day. Um, but coming in and listening to them and creating programs that work for them and their community. Like how can we work together and give back so we can protect these communities. They can, they can continue to um, strive and have a living and they and create wealth with us and partner with us. Yeah. And, and so these things are important, man, because when we consume 
at high levels, a lot of times, um, and even now, like on a lower level, these things are considered. I want to bring something up too. That's that I will be speaking on more like right now in Michigan, for example, right? I'm a garage grower. That's where I come from right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit going on in Michigan, right? Yeah. They're trying to take the rights away. And there's a a company. I want to speak on this. This is a show is not about crazy. This show is proud to four people that want to grow their own. Absolutely. Yeah. In the culture. hundred percent. But that's crazy what they're trying to do. This is where I come from. Mm -hmm. And I got into business with, um, with common citizen, right? They're growing my flower and I, you know, they were all like about the people and about me. Mm -hmm. They supported everything I was doing. I come in and it takes about six months just to get the cannabis, everything growing. Right. Yeah. So not a lot of communication during that time. And then when we do our launch, um, about a month after we launch and we're actually in the stores, Mm -hmm. like I, uh, end up finding out that they started the MCMA, right. Which is an organization, which is essentially really going after, um, home growers, Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? And this yes. is in Michigan. So I start getting all these messages, messages, like I'm supporting this. Yeah. Right? And so let me make it clear. I do not support the MCMA. I'm not part of the MCMA. Um, the people that cultivate my flower there are, and I do not agree with what they're doing, how they're doing it. Um, and I'll make that, this is really the first time I'm publicly saying that mm. I do, I get messages from people. Sure. How could you do this? You're, you're one of us. And this yeah. breaks our heart. I literally will sit there and fucking type to people and go, no, you I, I so you bad. got it fucked up. So Some people do honestly, 70% of the people, yeah. 70% of the people are very respectful. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this about? Yeah. And I'll tell them like, this is what's up. I'll tell them this is what's going on. The other people are just like, fuck you fucking dickhead, you know, and they just go dark. I'm like, okay, I got, and the reality is you can say I could have done more homework on who the people or whatever. They they put this on my lap. It was very by design. Um, That's a fact. And now, you know, we're in contract. They have all my genetics. There's, there's a lot of moving parts and I want to be an agent of change. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I've been doing is, is trying to leverage my position because they don't want to lose me as as, as a partner. And I feel like if I just go, fuck you and just bounce, no. like, how am I representing the people in any way, right? By giving up any kind of say or anything, uh, any power of what I, how I can influence them. Right. If, if me leaving it has any weight, then I, yeah, then I can <laughs> say, Hey, I don't want to leave, but you need to make things right. Like, what are you doing? This is some things that they've said that they're doing, which is spending millions of dollars to create training and licensing and infrastructure for growers to be able to transition and have better access and less, um, uh, uh, areas, uh, barriers of entry, yeah. which is like legal fees, licensing, yeah. all the things that are going to stop guys. You know, that, that's so the hardest part sounds good, right? It sounds, it sounds great. Good yeah. But I'm like, okay, well, where does that all fit into what we're doing now? And like time's ticking. Yeah. And in the meantime, yeah, people are pissed off. And honestly, it, this is just the beginning. Like mm-hmm. the legislation and all the bullshit is just now starting to come out. And God have, forbid it passes. I mean, not yeah. just that. Who knows? It's it's the beginning of the slippery slope. And look, I if if it comes down to it, like, look, I stand with a grower. I stand with, I stand with the, the cultivators and, Hell yeah. and, and that's the bottom line. Um, I'm really trying to affect 
the way that these guys can do business again, by being an agent of change. I believe in that. I believe that if I can work with common cities and say, Hey guys, these, these are the needs of the community. And mm-hmm. I don't want it to be the one to tell them. I want to be the people in Michigan say, Hey, no guys, why don't we work together? What is it that you want? These multi-state operators are not going away. Yeah. I don't have the money or power to stop them. Right. They're oh, the no. ones that are in, they have mm-hmm. all the political connections. <laughs> they're, they're doing what they're doing. Right? Yeah. They're willing to so, take the risk now too, before it's federally legal. So there, which is rare. Coexist? The question is yes. how do we coexist? How does it work to where it works for the home growers? It works yeah. for the multi-state operators. Um, well, they, what's their story too, right? If you, if you, if they're saying we're with Sherbinsky, right. And he, and we're running his strains. They're saying we, we represent you too. Not only you represent them. So like their storyline should be the home grower. Cause that's what you are. That's like, that's where we all came up and it doesn't hurt them. That's the crazy thing. It only helps because when I've taken, I took a job right in the cannabis industry. I wanted to learn what it's, what's metric about, what's all this shit about. And one of the crazy things is all these guys either have a home grow or they came from a home grow and man, my parents wouldn't let me do that anymore. So I got a job now and this is what I'm doing. Or like, dude, I got one light up at home, but like I'm working here and like, and they love it. And so like, how, let me tell you, let me tell you what it is. And it's not just going to be in Michigan. Yeah. It's going to be in every state. Oh, um, the MSOs, what, what they're going to do is they're going to say, well, everybody needs to comply just like us. It's only fair. Why is it only fair? Because it's, it's for the health of the patient. Right. And that's their whole thing is like, they come in and they say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, Mm -hmm. they should do the same testing. They should have the same compliance. Why shouldn't we, why should, why do we have to do this? And they don't push. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pitch that is believable to people that sit in positions and be like, well, if it's for the health of the patient, then yeah, we need to regulate that. <laughs> no, I mean, this is serious. I man. know. Because I laugh it, it, because oh. they justify stuff that's like, but that's what you justify. In every state. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, is their crazy. angle and how they come in is, is is they say it under the guise of the health of the patient, <laughs> but then that's the slippery slope that comes in. And that's how, what's going to happen in Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen in these other states because they know if they go in front of people that don't know shit about weed and they go, well, why do you want to make rules for this? Well, because there's mold and there's, you saw the shit about, and then Ah. guess what? And then other companies will come do smear campaigns and shit Mm -hmm. to where it's like, you saw it happen with the vaporizer. Scare tactics. You know, I don't know. I won't call it but you don't think that was a whole whole maneuver? That was crazy. Come on, man. It demolished the whole industry. Basically. The market went out overnight. It's just now coming back and it's coming back because of rosin. But But these are the level of game. This is the the level of what we're talking about here, right? When it comes to like MSO, the shit is not going away it's not going away i'm not an air i don't believe in punching air right there's a lot of people out there they're just like oh i'm so fucking <laughs> they're not they don't they don't know one politician's name they don't they're not part of any organization yeah. they don't know they don't never donate a single nug to they're a protesting though. They, oh they're out there just <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome. like, dude, I'm like, and I'm sitting there and I'm such a nice guy. I'm like, Hey man, it'll be all good. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, but no, it's like, it's like, they don't realize like, dude, I, what like I said, I do mud. It. I yeah. come from the fucking mud. So if you're in the mud 
and you have the fucking balls and the drive to actually go all the way up and deal with these fucking turds on every level, then guess what? Kudos to you. I'm not trying to knock you down. I'm fucking clapping for you because I'm not a hater. These guys want to find any little fucking, oh, your fucking corner of your back isn't complying, you fucker. It's like, yeah, yeah. 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 God, if you had like, if you realize what it's like to run a business, it's like, how long has it been? The company's going on six years since I've had Sherbinsky's. Wow. Since then? Since what? But how long has it been since you had the garage? Um, 2003. 2003, yeah. 18 years. Fuck. Yeah, going on 20 years. I, well, I do, like, I, I, one, one thing I do want to, so AFGU, turn, when did it turn to Sunset Sherbert? When did it turn to you having your own stuff? When did and you then, start linking with like, the boys? Jiga and, and all that, because like we used to just hear, oh, the Girl Scout cookie crew. And, and we had no clue. And like, I remember hearing like, I th- it's a dude named Fox Capacitor. It's a dude, it's a dude yeah. named Jiggits. It's burn. No, no, it's, it's sure. And then like some of the homies that were from Cali used to tell us like, nah, nah, it's this crew. And, and yeah. it was just all rumors, bro. Yeah. Shout out to cookie fam and the, everything we did. It was fucking history, historic and history. It was the people involved and the way we did it. And it was just, everybody had a role mm-hmm. and it was, it was dope. And we created like a, a real global movement, but you know, okay. So on to the next chapter, I love where you guys are like, we're dropping it. We're picking up because these are like exactly, you know, the right moments, but I was into Muay Thai. Like, um, I had a back problem and I wanted to eat my boy. We were like, yo, let's get our black belts in jujitsu. Oh. And my best friend was like, there was a Gracie Academy. And this was like when MMA was just like, it wasn't, there wasn't a bunch of Muay Thai. People weren't doing jujitsu. Like it was very, it was underground. Like big yeah. on that shit though. And so I've always been I've a big, that. what's that? NorCal, like Bay Area and up, like loves yeah. MMA. They brought in the Gracie's. They were brought like, in, yeah. Like the Gracie's brought in a San lot Francisco, of, of, right? of they black belts. First. They brought in a lot of black belts, like, um, and started opening up, like, especially the Gracie's, like uh, Gracie Baja. They started, um, you know, bringing in black belts and they, they were getting them their, you know, their work and permits and stuff. Yeah. So that was in the very beginning. And so that was a part, big part of the Bay area culture. So that's why a lot of good gyms um, started there, but I was a Muay Thai instructor. Mm-hmm. He went up, I had a bad back. So the jujitsu fucked with me, like when I would roll. Yeah. So he ended up um, getting his black belt. He ended up, I went all the way to top in Muay Thai and competed at a high level. And one of my students, I was an instructor and it was at a, at a uh, Muay Thai gym, uh, World Team USA, shout out to World Team USA, all my team and family out there, my fight team. Um, but I was an instructor there and one of my guys, uh, dog boy, uh, what's funny thing, all these guys in SF and shit, they all yeah. had like crazy, like nicknames too. <laughs> it's it's so multiple lives. Yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah, sure. it, it is, man. And so like, so like that was, I was, I'm just like a warrior, man. And I was always into like fighting and I always loved the art and the technique of it. It wasn't mm-hmm. just about throwing kick, kicks and punches. It was really like studying the art and like, you know, like Gracie jujitsu, the Muay Thai that I learned like Ladrid and, you know, real like military style Muay Thai was, it was very, it was a system. And so like, if they threw a punch here, here's where your block, here's your counter. And then, so once you learn that system, it was, you could actually create an art out of it because you could really modify your kicks based on what techniques you had. So I was super into it. And I also studied, you know, knife fighting. And I was actually at that time I had hired there was no one that really taught other than like bullshit stuff. Like I don't, not to knock Make certain, dojo. not to knock certain. Yeah. 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 Not yeah, to I knock certain 
magas or anything, but there's certain things I don't know, you know. So these guys that flip the gun around and shit, you're like, I don't know. Steve all these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. But I ended up finding these these real legit dudes that were fucking hardcore, and I would just pay them cash, and they would like fly out from New York and shit, and they would we would go up to Humboldt and shit, and we would do shit. camping retreats. Hell yeah. And we would like we would do trapping, and we would fucking yeah. go in what? and do. I mean, we would hit our arms and Can like we do bro, that on video. Yeah, man, I should show you some disarming shit. I show you some disarming. Yeah, I'll show you a disarming thing. Like if you grab something, even now I've been training years, but you come out at me at any angle with a knife as hard as you can, I guarantee that fucking knife will pop out of your hand and you'll be on the ground in two seconds. Go farm in NorCal and and do some do some drills. Yeah, but it was (laughs) they all raised weed. We wow. Anyhow, let me digress. Yeah, yeah. I ended up. Matt was was. This was like the matrix part of it. That's kind of cool. But Matt okay. was sitting there stripped, big old white boy tatted all over. And I was like, Hey dude, who did your tattoo? Cause like the coloring and the lining look really close. to like tattoo I have on my back ends up being the same guy. We start talking and there's tons of students. Right. And I was talking like, Oh, Hey man, you smoke. He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. we're going to go have some Thai food. You should come. So we ended up talking. turns out he lives a block away from me. Right. And I just had a newborn. I just bought a house was like big time in my life. Right. I was doing Muay Thai. I was just like on my shit and he lives a block away. So I go to his house and I fucking look down. He's got like soil down on the bottom. OG. <laughs> he's got all this like dogs all over the place. Like, he got ah. fucking fish. He's got all these guns, weed. I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, okay. So I'm hanging out with this guy. Okay. So then all of a sudden, like we start to hang out. We're friends. I'm like, all right, man. See you after Muay Thai put the kids to sleep, go like, go smoke with my homie. Yeah. He's like, he's got like DMT. This is what back then too. Wow. All this crazy shit. He's just, there's all these characters coming out. This is where I met my whole crew. Right. So okay. one of the characters that would come through that place was Jigga. Right. Another one was Pit. Another one was dog boy, Matt, you know, and they had this whole crew and it was like, these guys were really like moving a ton of OG. They were mm-hmm. like, they were part of the culture. Burner was part of these, this culture. They were all friends. I'm not from the Bay. I'm not a Bay cat. I'm from SAC. I grew up in SAC. I okay. moved to the Bay um, when I was 19. So it was like, you know, 19, you know, 898, I moved to the Bay. So I was never like part of like, I never grew up with those guys. They had, they went to high school and shit like that. So we became friends though. Like Jig and I, he'd come over. This was the first time like I saw cherry pie. This is the first time I saw cookies, right? And Jigga would just come. I just want to head smoke. I'd be like, yo, where's that crazy Asian cat? Where's like, what's yeah. up? And and they'd be and he'd be like, What's up, bro? Like, check it out. Like, yeah. no one has this shit. And he would just come out of the woods Damn. every like once a minute. He would have this shit. And right. the cherry pie had seeds. And it was like, he's oh. like, it's got seeds. And I was like, seeds, bro. And they'd be like, he'd be like, trust, bro, trust, it's fire. I'd be like, all right. Like it's funny because you flip it now and you're like, back in the day, you're like, oh man, what's why? And then now you'd be like, oh, thank God. A seed? What? Yeah. yeah. But, it, but I mean, this was, I'm ne- never until that day or since have I ever bought weed with seeds in it. Yeah. But it became so <laughs> notorious that if the cherry pie, if it didn't have seeds, it wasn't the real cherry pie. And, the, and wow. when I tell you the tiniest bud would stink your whole fucking house, it would it literally, a lot of people couldn't grow it because it would get you busted because it was so stank. You could have five filters in there and it wouldn't, it was it, disgusting. That shit ain't around anymore. Like, it really isn't. Like the real cherry pie, I haven't seen that shit. And you're saying seeds because it was probably unstable. It was just a bad yeah, genetic, it but just, it was super unstable. It would freak out. And, it would get yeah, seeds. Yeah, yeah. But, but so, that was one of the badass original flavors coming around. So cookies, Y Life, these were all ones that okay. like he had had. I don't know if you heard of Yeah, life, yeah. A lot of these cookie strains. So 
I was like, damn, this is fire. We became friends. He was crashing on my couch. He, we, he had been through some shady shit, like with some guys that, and so I was just, we were friends. Grow and life. So I was like, yeah. yo bro, like, and, and at that time I was growing OG and I was growing Afgu. And I'd been growing it for Fire. years and then, and it was cool. But at that time it was like, it wasn't 38 anymore. It was like 28. Gotcha. And I was like, okay. And it was like, this isn't, you know, work still looks the same. And he's, and I go, and I go, so I go, bro, I need something fire. I go, seriously, I don't give a fuck what it is. I'm tired of the shit. And he goes, he goes, all right. So then we walked, I mean, this was all like right in our neighborhood, dude. Right. So we like literally, <laughs> he's like, let's go. And we like went down the street went past a little, you know, little Chinese restaurant or whatever, yeah. walked into a house. Next thing you know, whole fucking basement, just like one gallon pots. And I'm just like, what the fuck? It was like this room, right? We're walking through and he's making a little, little tunnel. And, uh, we just go to a little corner and he just like, he's like, take those. And I was like, Hey bro, I need something fire. And he goes, trust me, it's fire. And I go, all right. That was the girl sale cookies. So wow. that was like, that changed shit for me. And you know, big ups to Jigga. walked on the house. It was another house. In San Francisco, Francisco yeah, down the street. It house. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it's so, just like okay. blocks, right? What just, year do you think this is, Sherbinsky? This is 10 years ago. Nine years, you know, 2010, 2011. Wow, bro. Yeah, maybe 2000, maybe I, earlier because I've got fire. seeds from 2011, like, perfect, you know, man. with the Burmese. So that, that 2010, 2011, because all those seeds was... So he, so you took two, you got him, you grabbed the two plants yeah, and smuggled them back to the house. Four gallon pots and, you know, put trash then, bags over them or yeah, something. The first QP I sold of that, I sold for $1,400 to fucking my boy, my boy D. Shout out D. You remember the first <laughs> Some sticky Girl yeah, Scout. And then I knew, oh. I was like, all right, it's a game changer. And me and Jigga were partners and like I grew the weed and like I basically, he blessed me with genetics and I was just, I, you know, we were partners and we got into shit weren't the best partners because we were both like, I'm an alpha and he's a creative and he's got his own vibe. And like, but we were like, what, what I love about that. And while I'll always honor that in him and that moment, it was, it wasn't about cookie fam. It was about me and Jigga. Yeah. It was about me and him being homies. Me and that guy laughed fucking more. Like he's a funny motherfucker. And like, we would just have these genuine homie moments. And when we did our project and when he was like, Hey man, let's get down in your garage. And I'm like, let's, let's, let's do this. And he brought a little Burmese pollen from, he, he had from like a greenhouse or something. It was wow. like, it was, he goes, this shit is black, bro. The, all I know is the shit I saw, it, the shit was black. Yeah. And I go, he goes, so I had a Larry OG cut and, and I didn't know it was Larry at the time, but it was a, a guy that I know that got it for me. It was a, it was the guy's thesis statement at UC Berkeley, this genetic that he made, he'd had a whole story on it. Right. And so it's the only college that ever let yeah, you do that. So this is history My too. Thesis is a weed that plant. did this. That was your thesis statement, bro, because this became part of history with gelato. So if you're listening, wow, big up. So this, so I had all the OGs because that was the hottest selling shit. And I was growing them all. This particular OG was like, it grew faster, cloned fast, all the shit that the other OGs weren't good at. You know, OGs are like the hardest. It's like, they're all finicky yeah. shit. That's why when you said 600s, I thought, oh man, that's nice. I bet, I bet they, the OGs love that nice light 600 over a thousand. And when you, when you mentioned yeah. earlier, that's like, yeah. So I had an OG and then he bring, he brought in the Burmese and pollinated, um, at, at the house, um, that I had there, um, pollinated one of the, the layers. And that was, that was the pink panties. Oh. So it was, I didn't have yeah, CO2. So that's how the pink panties came about. Beautiful. Yeah, and so I never really wow. grew that. And you I, know what? I grew Before this rooms. show, I asked him. What his favorite strain from you was? On camera. Pink panties. He just asked me. He was like, not on no creepo shit, but the pink panties. He asked me before response. this behind the scenes. He says, 
he was, we were doing a behind the scenes little video and he says, what's your favorite strain from Stravinsky? I had a homie named Modern Epigenetics, this kid Michael, right? He had passed away. He actually got killed by uh, his younger grower who worked for him over a strain, over a Acapulco gold strain. This is like a year ago. Yeah. He used to always come to me and be like, he would come over and he'd be like, oh, we're smoking. And he'd pull out pink panties. And he, and he, it was like the cover. very medicinal. Yeah. And it's so, it's, I always say it's like dosy dough a little bit, but it's sweeter, but it's funky, but it's, it has a, a very complex when it's grown really well. It's so complex and different from anything else. It's, it's beautiful strain, bro. Beautiful strain. Yeah. So I made that in my little garage, man. Um, what, wow. When did you come up with that name? Yeah. Because it had pink hairs and full transparency. At first, I, I, the name was Pink Pussy. <laughs> and Maya, but you were like, we can't do that. No, I oh, was yeah. down. Maya because, from home, yeah, because it was a female plan. I'm like, look, this is like, why not? Like, it's honoring the woman. It's not a negative thing. I it's was like, yeah, shit. it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was pink, and I was like, nah, people be into it. And then my friend Maya from Omedibles, um, and she's like, she's like Mario, I thought about it, and I shouldn't be pink pussy. It should be pink panties or something because it's nicer. And I was like. I was like, I don't know. And then I didn't really want her to influence the change in the name, but yes, Maya, you did. And so you get your credit and, but yeah, so that's yeah, how we Maya's awesome. I met her Great company too. Maya is another one who was part, she was like the only woman that I knew that was fucking crushing the game. Like duffel bag girl, shout out. Like yeah. one of the only ones wow. that was like really doing it, dude. And like she was hanging and she was around a lot of tough guys and she she held her own man. And, and she always was creative and made her own shit. And I'm like, got a lot of respect for her. So, and she's still here and she's doing great, man. And making an awesome products. Oh, so crushing. Great she was, edibles. She was one of the only ones, you know, that was early on in the Bay and, and, and during all this, but, but anyway, so go back to the pink panties. Yeah. I grew it a little bit and I was like, all right. So I popped those seeds. This was the first time I'd never really done this and no one was telling me how to do it. Even like Jigga didn't have time. He, he, we, he pollinated things, but he wasn't really, I made a lot of mistakes. Right. And I lost shit. I had to figure out on my own. And I ended up, he did tell me one thing and ended up, it ended up being a mistake, but he's like, just take the seed and put it in the flowering room and you'll see what happens. Like what, what it is, a female or male. So like I took a pink panty, what was like this big. I, and I, I stuck it in my grandma's basement and I had like a 10 lighter there. I was growing cookies and I was growing OG. Hell and yeah. so the pink panties, I went in like a week later and there was all this pollen everywhere. And I was like, Oh fuck. And so I pollinated my whole room and I like, I was pissed that I lost all the money. I tell the story a lot, but this is the actual, this is how it happened. So, um, the pink panty male pollinated the, uh, cookies and that's the sunset sherbet. And I rocked that. I, so I pheno hunted that those seeds that yeah. took six months or whatever, right? Yeah, Found yeah. that did a little taste test sherbet. Oh, this one's fire. Um, and then most of the time though, you're coming up with these names yourself. Like what well, everyone yeah, what has like, a, you're smoking with the Sherbert. homies and talking or it was so sunset Sherbert was me, Jigga and Kenny powers. And, uh, we were sitting in Kenny's in living room and I was like, man, this reminds me of like, of, uh, rainbow Sherbert when I was like a thrifties because I could, I could taste lime. I could taste berry. I could taste like, this is like everything. I was like, this. and then Kenny yeah. was like, Hey, well, we're in the sunset. So you should, instead of, and we wow. didn't want to call rainbow, but we're like, yeah. you should call sunset Sherbert instead of rainbow show, show respect to our hood. 
And that's that's where Sunset Sherbert. Came. That's sick. You know, we all that was yeah, that's, dope. that's some people can that's something yeah. people can appreciate. Dope collab yeah. there. Great name came together. Yeah, 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 real meaning behind all this shit. Yeah. You know? And then so let's I, 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 let's get let's go through the rest of it. But um, so from the Sherbert, Sherbert, we did um. This is when Flux had come into the picture, and Flux had funded this little spot like over in the city, and Jigga went in there and took the sherbert right i gave him some cuts he went in there and built like these chambers and it was like the mad scientist thing but it was really like it wasn't anything sophisticated or yeah, anything, yeah yeah but i will give like so we ended up reversing the cookies and reversing the sherbert right oh wow the, the cookies reversed on the to back onto the cookies and the sherbert it didn't do anything seeds weren't really we didn't yeah. produce any seeds even so now you, people have trouble breeding cookies yeah yeah but when you breed certain just so for those of you that don't know is like certain strains receive um don't receive very well certain certain mm -hmm. um strains don't pollinate very well so um especially for like feminizing and stuff so it, you just got to find that out but anyhow the the sherbert that got reversed and you reverse it by like spraying collodial silver on it during flower and then the female um plant produces pollen which is which only contains female dna so when you put that on the plant then there's only uh, female seeds that are produced that's what feminizes uh so we we put the sherbert pollen onto the cookies and that was the that was the gelato so those are all feminized wow so i that's where all the numbers sure. come from so, so we all the cookie. Yeah. And then how long that was at my farm. How, and then when you said when you were chasing or when you were popping seeds to the gelato, you were just seeing things. So I took, so I took stuff back. I had pounds and pounds of seed, like, cause I trimmed it all. I had it. Yeah. And I was like, I went in and it was just from very few seeds, man, that I pulled. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did the, I think I had, I started with 90 seeds and we did that, that famous pheno hunt. And it was literally like those, just those 90 seeds. And that's where the 45, the 41, the 33, the 25, all of the different gelatos came from the 47, the 43, all, all of these. Different. And then, so what happened there too, is we had a deal. Like if we really want to get into like history and what it was like, I don't yeah. know if you guys want to know the truth. I a hundred percent. I don't know definitely. if people are scared. I'm a heady like, grower. No, nah, 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 man, no, nah. he wants truth, to but, know the truth. Yeah. Man. But authenticity um, is 2021 all day. Yeah, but sure. I'm going to keep it 1000. Like this, these are the genetics that we, that we, and at this time, guys, there's no protection on like your rights of your strain. Like mm -hmm. if someone takes your shit, someone takes your shit, right? Still like that now. And, eyes. and this is a fact. And a lot of people got to understand the lineage and this, you'll understand like connected alien labs, a lot of a, a downline of brands that are pretty popular right now. And it came from like some shit that I don't really approve of. And I don't put blessing on, which is, you know, broken contracts. And, you know, Jig and I had basically given, you know, connected our genetics, like the ones that they have, the 41, this 25, I give them, I give them a few that I didn't really want to rock like the guava. Right. And so fast forward six months, all of a sudden, you know, they're not the, 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 the businessman that I thought they were. And then they have our genetics. And at the time, gelato changed the game. There was nobody that had that shit. That shit was, it was fruity gas and no one had ever really captured that. And so at that time they had big money behind them. They had certain dispensaries. They had things that Jig and I didn't have, you know, and then burner was there just being burner and he's just a businessman. And, you know, he was, 
I never knocked him. I never, I didn't then I don't now. Um, you know, but I'm a grower and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a rapper and I'm, I need to like fight for mine. Yeah. I, I got a family. I got a, I got kids. Like yeah, I'm not playing games. Food. Yeah. So the reality is, yeah. So they went on and, and we, and basically we took L's on that, right? Like yeah. Jig and I, and you, people already know the history of like how connected with, you know, with their genetics. And Those were big strains. I don't that. know how many decks I saw that was like gelato lineage and stuff when they were raising like a ton of money on that shit. Right. Yeah. And, and even then like, and knock the knock people that bred with the genetics since then, but there's other brands that were incubated through the genetics that were, it was never honored or blessed or treated with respect. So full circle going back, learn a lesson guys from like what happened with me is like, you know, right now with legality and right now with the way that like, you know, learn a lesson from, from, from me is that people. And when I talk about predatory techniques and, and tactics, it's, these are the things that I'm talking about is, is like, you know, when you give people genetics and a contract is only uh, as you can wipe your ass with a contract because you better have enough money to go up against these guys, lawyers. And a lot of times you could be, I've met time and time and time and time again. Oh, these guys are so great. You go to MJ BizCon, mm-hmm. they invite you to the house. You get all this shit. You think they're so great. You're talking to your lady, big up in these guys. These are the guys that are fucking stabbing you in the back and ripping lots you of off nice and taking standards, Lots of pats on the back. All that shit. And you're then so the contract's great. only as good as the people you're in contract with. I had an old, old businessman tell me that like, oh, it's, you know, you can, you can take it to court, but. And so giving people the genetics. So, and it's funny you say this because a lot of young growers let me now say this too. are trying to go wreck. Let, let me say this too. Yeah. The people that have been given the genetics or that have done it right or have done the work in, I, I fully respect and honor. Yeah. It's the people that do it like underhanded and like have stolen from me. You know, some people know the history, like my own family, like that pe- kids I've raised have stolen from me and started their own brand and things like that. Yeah. And just like full circle is like, even when we're talking about mushrooms and the community that I'm seeing being built, like this is the kind of shit I'm telling that community is like, guys, this whole trenches thing that you see in the cannabis thing, that is not mushrooms. That is not what we're doing over here. Right. This is, this is like medicine. This is really spiritual shit. Like it's tapping. Don't let it go this way. It's tapping in. Yeah. And guess what? Like it's much more evil to me. Like when, like with plant medicine period with cannabis, I see it. Yeah. But like with, with, with uh, mushrooms, it's a different level, bro, because this is mm-hmm. affecting people's like, it's a different type of medicine that goes like deeper on healing. And so if you're talking about principalities of darkness, God, gotcha. good and against good and bad, like it's important that the people that are in control of those type of medicines are people that are treated with honor, treat people, Very like, true. people like Carlos and Larry from decrim nature. That's why I support them. Yeah. When you sit down with them, we have conversations. These guys are like tapped in on deep ass level. Like not only do they understand it and they also understand plant medicine, they're ingesting it themselves. They understand like the messages they're getting and what they need to do, like in terms of like what laws need to be created, who, who they need to do it with. And they're aligning with the right people. And guess what? It's happening. Yeah. Like it, they got it done in Oakland there. It's happening. And I think there's like, I think Larry said, there's like 30, 40, 50 cities that they're working with, like right now that have initiatives. So I just want to bring attention to that. And um, also for people to support, don't support legalization uh, with the psilocybin, the mushrooms and plant medicine, support decriminalizing it because that's going to um, create room for equity, you know, mm-hmm. in the space for us and for also for the BIPOC community. So we know that I'm passionate yeah. about that shit, yeah, dude, because no, if, 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 if we don't say something and we don't speak up, no one will. 
And then it's, it's really just left up to people just to kind of push us along and regulations. And then we get boxed out and guys like you and I mm-hmm. can't come up with a million bucks to have our license, no. to have our little mushrooms. And it's like, yeah, that ain't, that ain't, that's not acceptable. And that's how fast the, the weed industry went. Cause like, yeah. you know, we start brands and you have all this passion and you have lights up now people ask even, you know, like, man, why, where have you been? Or like, what, what's the, and it's like, man, it's, you should see what you have to do to get in this industry as far as having a license and waiting on the city to come through, but you're paying rent the whole time, but you're also having to do this, you know, years. I know people who had a building for a year who just sat on a building for a year, you know, shit like that. But it's, it's crazy. I mean, to go back to like where we came from too, you know, where things were so much more simple, even though it was still like, crazy you know illegal and all that crazy shit back then it was still like not like it is now with the predators in my opinion the businessmen are slick yeah but now you're on to it bro like i can tell now you you see them a mile away that's the key so so going back before we get to about surrounding yourself with good people there you go how you figured it all out because it seems like right now you're in a very good place yeah gelato comes where's the pivot 37 (laughs) percent i'm about to get a better place (laughs) yeah that's crazy it's it gets old dude i'm like i mean what it shows me too is terpenes come into effect and it takes things really high too because the terpenes you're having on a lot of the stuff is wild so fire people people pass that up though they ask for thc but terpenes a lot too and that's why that's testing so high am i it's it's cannabis thc but it's with the terpenes now that starts to boost that i'm sure that's a big role anyone that questions the lab or anything like that look everybody knows the jello even my outdoor is consistently over 30 percent um and so like who the fuck is gonna lie and be like well let's push it up to 37 like it's literally normally it's 30 32 33 whatever but this was like wow what we'll so it takes most this is my new breeding stock all the stuff i'm doing now is like people love jello and it's been the one that i've kept mm-hmm. tight not really like by it. not really because i wanted to but i was growing the other producers and stuff <laughs> and so now what's nice is now that I've, I've spent the last two years, like understanding the seed game, mm-hmm. really understanding, like I've never considered myself a breeder. I, I work with plants like by definition, am I? Yes. Because I understand the science. I talk to people on airplanes and shit that are doctors and shit. And they're like, what the fuck? They're like, you just blew me away. Yeah. And it's just like, what? This is shit. Like I just different, you knowledge. know, I'm shooting the shit. And where to me that's the real knowledge they were thinking some dumb hippie grower and they you were like i could have a degree in botany and stuff and i'm not gonna know what until i do it Mm -hmm. right and i see it and i've seen oh well when i did that this happened and yeah just trial and error you know just the practice of it but i i humbly work with the plants but i have passion about it and i've like worked with them and i've now now i've the last couple years like i went out and and met some of the the masters in, in san sebastian spain and I spent time with some of the best like breeders in the world and saw wow. what they were doing, the lab equipment they're using, the techniques, the storage. I mean, I'm talking jars like this, dude, of just like, and how that affects the, the world, right? Mm-hmm. Into community and cannabis. And like, I'm like people that sell little packs of seeds and shit. You look at people that really produce on mass levels like that. It's like, it's crazy. You, you learn. And then I just take little, even people that I'm learning in different garages breeding still like, People that get into it, that are passionate about it, understanding the game a little bit better. Um, but now I really feel like I have something special to offer. Again, this was a special offering, like with with gelato. Now, 
I'll give you an example. What I'm going to be doing every year now is all the seeds that are out that are like fire that all the new strains, you name it. I'm not going to discriminate. I'm doing a massive like pheno hunt with all of that new shit because I'm, I'm collecting all of it. These are all my friends and I'm going to collect all this and I'm going to do a massive few, which I'm doing this year right now. Be happy to have you guys up to the farm or you can sure, definitely share some of the flower. Be stoked. But then document this in a catalog, pictures, have the flower every year do like the drops of all that. So big up the growers, the breeders, this was my selection. And then I also offer those for clones. I'll also offer those for like seed selections. Um, so that'll be a yearly thing. And then I'll be taking like gelato lineage, um, right. The new one is going to be the jello and the, and the sherbet, but I'll be crossing that into like 15 different things. Right. Wow. So, and then Hell I'm yeah. really going gas. I'm really going back to the gas, like mm-hmm. Mandel yeah. brought big up to HSO. Um, my partners for many years now, um, Humboldt seed organization. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, team HSO. And we've been really, you know, they, they gifted me with an incredible Mandel brought OG mail, um, of some seeds that they were gifted when they were actually working for Mandelbrot, rest in peace. I never knew him personally, but definitely understand who he was. And you're talking about some fire ass OG gas from the hills. A lot OG of people, and Humboldt. Mandelbrot was an OG and Humboldt. Yeah. A lot of people I smoke the new stuff with, they go, man, I haven't smoked this. This reminds me of high school. And that's what I'm going for. <laughs> I love that's that. what I'm going for. Is that shit that we used yeah. to pick up in those packs yeah. in our truck oh, and shit. How'd you like, come up with the name oh. Jello? Um, so anyway, on the genetic side, but yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Jello was just, I, I like, I like Jello and gelato <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I yeah. figured, well, I can just change the J to a G cause I don't want to get hit like a, yeah. like our boys. Over oh, oh it's going to start happening <laughs> left and right these days. Half Ooh. my strength. I started looking at my library and I'm like, yo, half my strains. I got to rename, you know, I got to come up with something better. We were talking about names too. And like, you know how gelato Cause we did cookie. We did this. Mm-hmm. I was like, and this was before like any cakes or anything like that. Right. This is before anything. I'm going to be Literally. honest. It was like the, the strains you're hearing is That's like so white widow. It was all Amsterdam style yeah. strains before you guys came onto the picture and was like, Oh, girl scout cookies and, and sherbet and pink panty. People I, like, what? I want to get back to two like, cheese, white like widow. When, when things were happening with gelato, how did you come back around and get with Jigga? And you know, like that episode on marijuana mania, you guys didn't seem that that you guys your shit together. You know what I mean? You yeah. boys were doing it. That was Talk about fucking up dope. Into that. You know what yeah. I mean? You want the real story? Yeah, I've watched, that, real, yo, I've real, watched that thing five times, maybe that. 10. Yeah, we love that episode. Once real. a month, I watch right, it. I'm going to tell a little bit. We're background. fans of the industry. Hey, since, we love everybody. Since man, we're on, you know, first smoke of the day and we're going to go ahead and get yeah, some yeah. behind the scenes stuff. But like at that time, what's so funny is me and Jacob were beefing hard. And, and like, it was, People we never were, know this. Yeah, yeah. We were just at that point where like, it wasn't cool. And full transparency, Jigga's my brother. Jigga, I love you. You know, there's nothing I would say here that I wouldn't say to your face. That's my brother. OG you in know, the game. Yeah, Jigga415 like, on Instagram. For Jigga. He's, he taught me, he really introduced me and Jigga, I'll tell you, I hope you see this and I hope you hear this, but man, you really introduced me to my love for this plant and taught me that connection, like with the plant and, and like, He's got a gift for that, bro. Like, you know, there's a lot of things. Jig is not, you know, not always the easiest person to deal with. Anyone that deals with Jig and knows this, mm-hmm. he'll admit it himself. Mm-hmm. But his passion and, and his commitment to this game is, is unquestionable. Um, so much love for him. Matters but for we him. just, it, going back to the breeding and Jig mm-hmm. too, like why we connected and why I believe this all happened and why it was so special is because when we did this shit, bro, 
nobody in the world, our family, our kids, nobody mattered. Like we would get high and we would sit there and be like, bro. And he'd sit there and he'd be like, bro, look at this. It's so fire, bro. Like, have you ever seen anything like this? This is my boy Jigger. And I'll, trust I me, I do imitations. No, I love it. No, I love it. Bro, I love look at it. this. This is special, bro. You don't understand. Like, this is special. Like, we need to show respect and honor to this, bro. Because this is real. And we'd sit over the fucking seats and I'd be, we'd literally pray. Because I'm a super spiritual dude. And I was like, bro, are we doing this? He's like, this is what, this is how we're going to do this, bro. And people would come to me, hey, dog, what's up? Where the dad? We'd be like, get the fuck out of here, bro. And we'd get pissed and we'd clear the room and we'd be like, peaceful, bro. And we'd bring, and we'd pray over our shit and be like, God, please like bring healing and bring like to the world. Let this be like bring healing. And we want, and our intentions were just dial, bro. And I wow. swear on everything I love. That's why this all manifested. I believe that wow. from the of my heart. Uh, we, and, and we, that, we're that's big on why, that and that's yeah, why we speak, speak that's why Jig and I no matter what bro it's real is it it's as real as like is it's just real but and then in life with, in life with alphas dude and in life with growers and breeders I know I had a bunch of guys around me who you know but then so that episode comes though of marijuana mania so respect to the to the gods and respect to the to like Jigga and like that whole process and I wanted to explain that about like how yeah. gelato and it, there was a lot of people that were part of that. Like Instagram was a huge part of that. Burner was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Powers was a big part of that. Flux Capacitor was a big part of that because okay. we were a team, dude. And we ran and we bigged up everybody. And yep. Instagram was just starting to pop up. And no one had pictures of like the shit that we were. It would just, it didn't. Hell and, no. And, and we knew how to use the camera. We knew how to. And, and, and if someone saw that. Most, most about and, it. And yeah. so at that time, there was a street war. A lot of people don't know. But like on the streets, people were trying to claim cookies. And uh, other people other than like Burner and Jigga and these Got people. You. And there were, and, and then, so we were all like on Instagram, like, who the fuck are you? And it <laughs> yeah. was, it was street, bro. Yeah. It wasn't no kind shit. Yeah. It was like, nah, bro, this still is our fucking like shit. <laughs> it's still like, that. but this is what I mean by the trenches, right? Yeah. So this no, is the streets. Yeah, that's, that's what you so real shit. But that's what you can say what you want. Shit. Yeah. If you're going to be at a show, if you're going to be somebody, guess what? You're going to be out somewhere. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. have to face somebody. <laughs> and if you're fake as fuck, you're going to have to face shine through. Authenticity. You can't be fake, dude. You're going to be at a show or you're going to be somewhere and you're going to get knocked knocked out. Dude. Yeah. And it's yeah. just the reality. And look, I'm tough and I'm big, but there's other people that are a lot tougher. And I, and if you're not real with your shit and if you're not about your shit, like eventually it's going to catch up to you. And I'm proud. Like I've walked these streets. I've, 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 I've done everything with integrity. I've mm-hmm. never fucking stole from nobody. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I operate with integrity. You know, that's yeah. just, the, that's what the I mean, sometimes crews too break up for a hundred different reasons, bro. I, I mean, Sherbinsky's never would have of manifested like cookies is yeah. nothing ever happened to them. You know, if anything, they're like, I'm glad Jig and Burner, like, you know, if there was like there was beef there for a long time. That was always a strife like with us, because I'll go back to the episode. But no, yeah. yeah. When I first came to the situation, Burner just invested, you know, in 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 um, in cookies. It was just starting. And so those two guys weren't getting along. And I was like friends with both of them. And it was always like a beef because like they burner ended up getting the cookies clothing and Jigga wasn't part of it. And it was a problem in the beginning because, you know, he, you know, rightfully so felt yeah. like he, and so they worked it out since, and it's all good, you know, but at the time it was, He's it was like, I issue. am cookies. And, 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 you know, gotcha. yeah. And it, it took, it took a lot, man, because there was some things that happened. I'll let burner maybe tell you on one of his shows about that, but like, you know, respect for what those guys did and where they're at now. But, um, uh, 
there's no one giving us a handbook on how to do this, right? Yeah. No one's giving us a handbook on how we're to do. We're all like yeah. raising kids. We're going through shit. We're running around. We're trapping. We're making and money. And grow life. Yeah. And, and yeah. grow life. So now you got that whole and element of that. None of us are polished businessmen as well. We're just... I'm a real estate agent. I know some business. I knew yeah. the most business. But passion for the plant and then everything yeah. else came under that. And then Jim so. and I, I was like, bro, we need to do shit. Probably we need to do. And he was always like, like, he was just, he's a creative. He's Free gone flow. for a month. Right. Yeah. I'm like, dude, can we? <laughs> and so that's how it kind of was. And so that created a lot of tension, right? Because yeah. I'm in there scrubbing the trays and I'm doing a lot of trench work. And it just, so that's where it was like, we had a big falling out. So that like the night before that filming, it was my birthday or something. And he called me and he's like, Hey bro, like, love you dog. We good. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And so <laughs> he came through all of a sudden film crews pop and like, Hey, burners coming too, dog. We're going to do this thing. And I was like, all Hell right, yeah. that was up on my tribal property. I hadn't talked to Jigga in like two months. Yeah. Right. Before no that show, way. I hadn't talked to Jigga in like now two that's months. That's big yeah. up though. That's yeah. dope. No. He's like, hold on, right. dude. Let me, I, I know something good for us. Like, yeah, but big like it you was slid it on yeah, 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 that was wild. Yeah. But I was kind of like I'm the nice guy I am. I was yeah. like, you know what? You know, because look, I'm loyal. That was my brother, right? Hindsight's 2020. But yeah. I went in there, but that wouldn't have gone down because we were beefing. Yeah. And so yeah, at that time too, I was like, all right, let's see. I still thought that maybe we could hold it together and we could get the yeah. band back together. Yeah. But look, that episode ended up being like legendary. People Massive. still talk about I had burner in the my the wheelbarrow with the buzz. Yeah. And shit. Like, it was fucking oh, funny. Oh, bro, shit. and just that property it worked, it worked to everyone's advantage. Yeah. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. Sometimes you don't always see what goes on behind the scenes. Thank you for telling us the fucking. But you got Jigga over there showing you how to breed, and then they did the whole thing. It's a, I mean, it's a great. Everybody's making moves, and everybody's on their own agenda, and that's what people need to understand in life. And we're all learning as we go. But we're looking at it figured out. Yeah, we're still fucking learning. But But we're looking at it. We're seeing him out in this property with we would have guessed that 150 huge plants, right? I mean, look, it's long. You can laugh. I can laugh about it. Talk six, about it now because it was a five. long time ago, you know. And look, yeah. since then, I've you know we've Jiggy and I have had many conversations. And you, like I said, that's my brother. But this is part of history, man. This is I don't. No, that's why it's, we want to talk. About it's okay it. to talk not, about not how about, not about the beef, not about or any the, of the bullshit. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No negativity. Here's the We're nice just real fans that. of the of, of it the flows, community. Life flows. Yeah. And this is real history, U.S. history. Yeah, for yeah. cannabis, it's specifically California. Yeah, and, and uh, for all the cats basing out of the Bay, NorCal, where's where it's a where it originated from? The Mecca. For all the people that are in the trenches now, this this story is for you guys, right? Yeah, because. This a is where of, you came from. Right. You, you asked that, Hey man, can you tell them from. about people like where they're at now? Right. And so where I think that relates is mm-hmm. a lot of you guys are there now. You got your crews, you got your boys and you're going through a lot of that shit. Right. Where go. it's like, fuck man, it, homie ain't pulling his way. He ain't doing, yep. you know, and there's different things where you have beefs and a these lot are of supposed to be your brothers. Yep. You know what, man? Like <clears throat> in the end, sometimes you got to like go your separate way. This wouldn't have manifested if I didn't go my separate way, right? Because it's almost like something telling you that there's something more, there's something different. You need to like, you're like, it was cool. Or there's different paths. Yeah, and that's okay, yeah, right? That's because fine. going back to like, there's enough for all of us. The, this plant is so it gives Wonderful. so much, yeah, and it, it's such a um, the the market is so insatiable that you really you can <laughs> still even now you can get into the game, and if you have something unique, you can make money, and you can like you can make a nice living. And so, Absolutely. so like, like 
understand that when you're working with people, surround yourself with people that you like and that you get along with and you want to work with and that you respect. And, you know, other than that, just keep it pushing. Like if there's no room for, you know, and sometimes if you do got to part ways, it's okay. Because like, even with Jigga, we didn't talk for years. <clears throat> now it's cool. We're family. You guys we're, are chill. Yeah, and it meant a lot to me. Like when That's we talked, awesome. him and I were like, bro, you know, and, and it's the same way I talk about him and I big up him, up him now. Like I can't take him out of like the history. Right. Oh. And, and I honor and respect him for like what I learned. And like That's every authentic. conversation, I don't leave his name out. Right. I'm not afraid of it. It doesn't discount what I've created. Yeah. Right. If anything, it's like, I always felt Words like we should have been like Wu Tang, right? I was, I was always like, yeah, yeah. Cookie Fam's dope. Like we should all be like Wu Tang, right? Like, and now it's kind of evolved into that. Yeah, like Jig, you know, Jig is kind of behind the really? scenes, but I like what Powers Up is doing. You know that he's building his brand, he's building up the genetics that he's had, and I think that's that's just the way it should be with everybody, right? Everybody should be able to take their if they're creative enough. And you, you have the, the, if you're inspired and you have the passion and if you want to come up with some dope packaging and if you want to invest in IP and you want to really dive into the industry, then let's, let's go there you and go. let's work together. Let's you, maybe you can cultivate my genetics because awesome. I don't have the 10 million to build the facility or maybe there you, you can yeah. distribute it because you're good at it. You know, exactly. Like, that goes back to the, the thread of the prop 215 and what I come from in San Francisco where we were all working together. We didn't, we hadn't figured it out. There was no book. There was no handbook saying, this is how you do it guys. It was all just going, Hey bro, let's meet up and have dinner and we'll figure out how we're going to do the grow tomorrow. Cool. And it was like a fist bump and yeah. a fucking, and you're like, man, I hope this guy doesn't rob me. Yeah, no, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like the underlining, there was a lot of that too. Yeah. What, what were you thinking when they left that day on the episode on your farm and stuff, what was going through your head? Like what are the next moves and shit? Like, like what happened from there to really, you know, solidifying yourself as like, Oh now I'm Shabinsky. Cause you were saying from the outside, it looked like you know, blew at up. that time, those guys doubted me hard. Cause they're like tribal, bro. You ain't never going to get your license. You need to get a compact. And it wasn't really so much burner, but like, that's where Jigga and I really went separate ways is I believed in working with the tribal community. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud that since we parted, the people that I brought on, we, we were the first people to lobby for the, the indigenous community, right. And the natives, we, I believed in it because I was like, what are you talking about? Like we took the fucking plant and yeah. all their livelihood and everything. How can I not go back and give <laughs> what I've done and offer wow. it to these guys? How, how can I not? That's dope. And that's just was like, like to the core of me. Right. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be that fucking guy. I'm going to be that guy. That, and so dude, we were like the first or second, um, uh, license, uh, the tribes in California. I heard about it. <laughs> I heard about I it. Florida. First, but like one of the first, yeah. um, like, and we were lobbying. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, like contributing to like tribal law, regular law, and not to be excluded mm -hmm. through sovereign rights, but to be just included and say, Hey, we'll pay taxes. We don't want to be treated any different, but just include us. Don't leave us out. And what gets, what gets trouble, um, difficult with the tribal community is they have certain laws and sovereign um, rights where, you know, they don't always have to follow all the, all the laws mm -hmm. that, you know, certain, they're not part of a County. So they're not mm -hmm. part of Mendocino County. Same with tax. Even though they're, same in with Mendo, yeah, yeah. they're not part of it. So the sheriffs are like, well, what do we do? And so it wasn't until we lobbied and we basically created the laws with the tribal community and the tribal um, legal council. And we figure out like, all right, what's, how do we do this? And it was really just a matter of saying, we don't want to be left out. We'll, we'll do everything the same way. So we're wow. fully compliant, you know? So that year. was a tribal land grow that one that yeah. they came to. Yeah. 
Wow. That was an epic spot. Yeah, it still is. I still have it. It's still, I'm still cultivating. I got a crazy question though. Like we're called first smoke of the day. What was the first time you smoked weed? Oh, way back in the time. Like the first time you ever before smoked we, weed. We all, we, we ask everybody. In, before we jump into the next phase. But like, what was the first time you smoked weed? 1987. Yeah. That was um, a year before I was born. Yeah, <laughs> on the side of my oh, house shit. on Blue Springs Way in Citrus Heights, California. My mom, my older sister, her boyfriend, and myself were sitting at our kitchen table. And... uh Oh yeah, no, perfect timing. I love it. People, I I love yeah, my mom was story. a free spirit. She was like, she was a nut. She would like let my my older brothers and sisters have parties at the house and she'd be like drinking. Like she was like, my mom was a <laughs> fucking fun. nut. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. Yeah, she was free yeah. spirited. She was a hippie. She was like, she she was like cool. So my sister was like 15. I was, I mean, 10, I think, 10 or 11. Um, and and they go, hey, we're gonna go outside and smoke a joint. And I was like, really? I was like, that sounds interesting. And I said, mom, I was like, I want to go out there and smoke a joint with him. And she's like, okay. It was, it was like some Mexican, like he's pulling okay. out seeds. He's pulling, I mean, this is 1986, yeah. right? Seven, wow. pulling out seeds and shit. And frankly, I went on the side of the house. I smoked like half of it. It didn't do anything to me. So like, yeah, I was like nothing. So then, wow. yeah. And that was the first experience and I didn't smoke or do anything. That was, you know, I was like sixth or seventh grade, I don't, sixth grade. And so I didn't touch weed until freshman year. And then I was like, I was at Roseville High School in Placer County and everybody's older brother or somebody was growing weed or they had a fucking Toyota pickup okay. truck and they were going to Humboldt and the whole shit. And so that was like wow. where I got introduced to, this was like 1991 um, up in, you know, Placer County, you know, and, and just... That was the first time I saw real like fire. Like, yeah, fire. what strains were going around right then? Do you remember any of the strains that you used to see back then? Blueberry was okay. one of them. Ooh, that was like, yeah, that one. yeah, that one was like the real one from Humble. I mean, I don't even remember a lot of names. I remember yeah. the blueberry specifically because it was just that smell and the look. But a lot of the strains, I don't even, you know, a lot of the ones like, like I think like Trainwreck and yeah. some of these really old school ones, but I wasn't getting OG, no A lot of Dutch genetics, I feel like back then, probably. Yeah. Like I mean, that's it, was that was green like weed. it was green yeah. weed, right? It there wasn't OG. Go. It wasn't purple. It wasn't sour. It wasn't anything. It was just like green weed that was good. And you were like, you it's, no, it smells like blueberry. Like that was the big thing was that it's blueberries or it's Durban poison or it's, yeah. Yeah. I think that was DJ shorts. Um, blueberry. Great. It was actually him. Them and Dutch passion both did a great blueberry set in Florida. We used to grow the Dutch passion blueberry and, uh, man, <clears throat> unbelievable. Same with the grapefruit. We used to grow a cut of grapefruit that now we didn't have hash back then. Like we didn't know about hash. So now it would have been massive, right? Grapefruit hash. Fuck. But how many strains have you lost? I bet that you're like, dude, remember that one? Like, God, I'd love to have that back. Some of them I can get back, but like, I love Chem 91. That was always Fire. like before I smoked any I, of the how cookie. How do you feel about the originals coming back soon or where things are headed right now? I think or it's if great. things are watering down too much with, with, with how, what people are doing. Do you have what's your what's They're your, definitely using your genetics? What's your opinion on that, man? So going back to what I'm doing with the genetics, like I'm doing like large pheno hunts and really documenting and testing indoors. Like 100 lights, right? We have a hundred. I have a hundred lights just um, for pheno hunts. I have a hundred lights in LA. So um, tell us all about culture that. Cannabis. Yeah, man. Just I've been telling my 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 partners and the executives I work with 
you know, I'm an executive for Sherbinsky's. I'm on the board and, you know, my CEO, Steven, uh, Kim, I brought him on about eight months ago. He's been just killing it. Right. And now I have a great relationship with him. Um, and I just was like, Hey, I need the biggest thing full transparency that my biggest challenge for Sherbinsky's is, was getting, not getting a big cultivation early on because I had all the genetics, no one had it. And it was such a big investment that we were investing more in like to the brand and certain things, which gave us a big advantage now, but then the cultivation side was, I was lacking in, right? So I couldn't do breeding. I was like stuck to greenhouses and outdoor. It was hard. And I was, I had, I had an indoor, but it was like, you know, a couple hundred lights and it wasn't enough to feed a California market. Right. So now, so what I told him, I said, we need more lights and I want to get into more concentrates. We need pre-rolls, all the shit. Love it. So we just concentrate. We just focused. And now I've got collectively, you know, like 1200 lights now like that. Wow. And then, and then through one of the partnerships with culture, culture cannabis, big up to culture cannabis, my partners, um, I think they've got 16 retail locations by the end of next year, they should have well over 25 around. So they're going to be very competitive in terms of the cultivation. Uh, I mean, in terms of the dispensary, um, models and, or cannabis retail rather, um, I think is a better term. And so we're going to be getting all the classics obviously, but then now all the remixes that you're working on. Yeah. So stuff I've had, and I've, I haven't been able to really like test and scale. Like, so right now, I'm giving them 50 strains, 12 different, 12 cuts, 50 different strains. That's going into two rooms at our Hunter Light facility here in LA. So you guys are going to be seeing a lot of video of that. And then what I want to do is now. um, Yeah. Oh, man. But look, here's the thing. People do it on small scales. If you look at guys like JBZ, if you look at other breeders, right? But I'm I'm putting it out, out there and anybody wants to challenge me is that I've got the largest uh, indoor license um, breeding facility and testing facility in California, if not the nation. And that's a hundred lights license that is dedicated to testing. So what my answer to blowing the lid off all this stuff and these little strains and what people want to do is I'm going to be making so many seeds and I'm going to be using things like Jell-O as a pollinator, which is hitting 37%. I'm going to be taking every genetic and trust me, every single strain all the ones that you think even I can't get my hands on, I can get my hands on every single strain. And I'm going to be pollinating with these high THC and I'm going to be show, being true to the, to the gelato genetics uh, for Shabinsky's. I'm also going to be working outside of, of and working with certain breeding projects with certain p- partners. Um, and the thing is, now that we're going to be seeing everything done at such a high scale and such a rapid pace, like, okay, the next one's going to be this as a pollinator. This, oh, what is good? All right. And then we're going to be pulling out because we're testing it all, but oh, off your one, main block, off your main, yeah. they're like, Oh, this one hit 35%. Yeah. Okay. That stays in this Got next you. run. And then we're documenting it. And then we're literally going to have people like Rohan Marley, which is a good friend who's, you know, Marley family lineage. Yep. That's honored myself to being a breeder for, for hit a lion hotels. They do the whole thing for, yeah. for, for Rohan, um, you know, big up shaggy, um, and legacy, um, counsel for what he's done, bringing us together. But, Shaggy you know, from I'm, I'm North looking, Hollywood. Yeah. And that's yeah. the homie. I'm looking, I'm looking Shaggy to bring Brown, man. Shag, Shaggy. Up, Shag, that's my brother. Know, man. That's my brother. Yeah. So, LA OG. Come on. Absolutely. Man. So I've dedicated, you know, my life and sat in front of Rohan and said, Hey man, we're bringing honor back to the, the, the Marley, you know, name when it comes to cannabis, you know, they had some partners, you know, some corporate stuff. And it, I don't feel like 
they feel or I feel like the products that they put out in terms of the flower represents <clears throat> who their family is and that legacy. Love to hear so, that. So they so want more. I'm what? dedicated. Yeah. I told them, I go, bro, I dedicate my life. I promise you, we will not put a single bud in a jar until you find something and I that that we're proud of. That that and I we're love that. It right. And so guys like Shaggy, he's bringing in people like like culture and going, Mario, you know what? Fuck these guys. I know who's who. You need to go and work with you. And guess what? It's it's like a match made in heaven. Because Shaggy's Martin, good people. He's good people. He's, I've talked to him. Yeah, he, yeah. he hit me up. We talked. And I was like, that's dope. He puts together great things like He does. That. And like, so Rahul Marley, for example, I want him to come in and see like, I don't want to be selected and be like, yo, which which plant do you gravitate towards? There you, you know, go. Was, I love this that. This is going back into our primal instincts and allowing people to be part of that of that experience and super cool and guess what all these guys man i've gone i won't name names but i've gone to people and been like certain people that i kind of and be like hey man let's do a project and they're just like oh yeah cool man cool and then certain people fields man skittles we've locked in we're gonna do something official that's the something that's been i've been waiting to happen other than him all these other cats bro i've been they're kind of just they got my genetics but they don't want to do something with, and I'm actually trying to show them up. I don't really need it. So now that people have shown their colors, I'm like, okay, cool. That's crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to so, throw so much shit out that it's literally, it's, we're going to be finding shit that just is other people aren't going to have because we're going to be doing it at such a high rate. So when, as you're finding keepers, you're just plugging them in to, then we're going to be doing potency testing, terpene testing. And then I'm going to actually be washing some of them. So I'm, then I'm going to have, a library and a list. And how, this is my vision in terms of how I'm breeding and where I'm taking this. Mm-hmm. And this is based on everything I've learned across the world from all the people I mentioned before, from Spain, HSO to all my people I've worked with domestically, everybody. It's about doing large testing, identifying it by eye and by appeal, <laughs> pulling those in, everything else goes out, still can go to secondary testing if you really have the production, but then pulling those keepers that you're mm-hmm. getting are based off visuals. And you can do this in a greenhouse. You can do it outdoor. It can pass certain levels of like THC testing. Um, you can really, it can reveal a lot to you. And I'm mm-hmm. proving that right now. And Watch I'm gonna numbers, sh- I'm gonna be which sharing is huge. That. Just yeah. like you said. So then you look at those numbers and you partner with labs. Like I partner with labs, um, like abstracts, big up to abstracts. My partners, they do all my terpene analysis. They've, they create, you know, botanical versions of the terpene profile. So I can uh, do partnerships with like drinks with companies like Pepsi or Cola or things like that. That will open up big That's what you're working on. Yeah. That was a little thing. I t- I'm going to pass on that. We'll come back to that so, yeah, yeah. sometime. But yeah, it's things like that where it's like going more into food and beverage. So companies like Abstracts are, are studying the different terpene profiles and identifying how we can like actually work with these guys on, on the, on the level and the scale they want to which I think is going to be big. Like you're seeing, like, like we're going to be launching a beer next year. There's a lot of more people you're seeing terpenes and drinks. You're seeing terpenes and fragrances, yep. you know, big up to, um, you know, my girlfriend, Victorine, she has a, a, a fire product gifted, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot more awareness, um, into like toxic products that we're putting on our bodies. Like even with our, our perfumes, our colognes. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that we stand for, especially as a couple is sort of like bringing awareness to, um, the community and to women, um, you know, this, these type of perfumes that you spray on your neck and just to educate, um, these women and then men too is, and, and this is one of the things that she taught me that really raised my awareness is a lot of times we want to spray it on our neck, but our neck is where it really goes right into our endocrine system <laughs> and our endo endocannabinoid system. And it can affect our hormones. And so for men's 
men, this can do things like give us, you know, boobs. It can affect our, the way gotcha. that we work. Yeah, it yeah. can, for women, it can affect Thyroid, our cycle. Hormone, yeah. Gotcha. All that. And yeah. so this is, this is things that we, you know, we need to be aware of. And so there's also fun new products. I'm going to be coming out that kind of speak to that. And also I, br I brought these, like one of the things that, you know, I'm passionate about is like protecting my growers too. And I've seen glasses out there that, um, that, you know, like method seven and certain other brands, but they don't certain things, they don't have splash guards or when I'm working and I'm, I'm scrubbing or I'm in the trenches, like sometimes my glasses can fall off. And I know even with trellis, sometimes they, um, I've had my eye poked with trellis and it, yeah. it literally can lose your sight. So, I mean, um, these are my with home growers. It's tight. You're talking tight quarters with a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, these are beautiful. So I just want to make something thousand. that like is for my growers, you know, and, and we, so Sherbinsky's, we invested into this and we partnered like um, with the guys out of New Jersey. So all American made. I love um, this. You know, I love you think about the little stuff. Yeah. Just creating I products that are like for, you know, for, from a grower, you know, for growers. And I think like just raising awareness too, that a lot of people, it's not so much about the glasses, but um, a lot of these growers, they work indoors and they don't wear glasses. And the reality is this shit can make you blind. Oh, really yeah. Can. And yeah. You need, you need to protect your eyes and, yeah. and really like, Holy I love fuck, it. You look bad. Hell yeah. I see some oh, pink panties. Where's the bud line? We need it. Hey, Tate, I see some pink panties hey, right here and some gelato these over this one. Straight up. Damn. This is gangster, man. I love this. this. No joke. Yo, you know what, though? I love this shade, though. Like the shade they're throwing off. And I love the wrap. These are super comfortable. The, these are dope, the man. Yeah, you know, like so these the, come really like the gasket inside. Like, so if you're, you're if you're mixing chemicals oh, or if wow, you're mixing like soft. nutrients, you feel that it's literally. Yeah. These are like, oh wow, so that's man! A splash guard, so water or anything isn't going to get into your your eyes. pH up, pH down. That's like a big thing that they always say is going to be an issue with OSHA one day. Is that the only thing growers work with that's actually toxic? is pH up and down. Meaning like you splash that in your eye, you might go blind. Yeah. You'd get something in your mouth. You might I probably mean, have you, to go to you, you drop it on your hands, it turns white. You know? Oh, Done. it's all Dang, slimy bro. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Are fire. Sick. Yeah, no, these Look, are fire. With the croaks in the back, I mean, invited a bullet rocket or something. The people say, oh man, you should have made them black, but it's like, fuck no. Nah, when you're in the garden, the orange nah. just pops so hard. I love the like, way you go. Your branding and marketing and you said about working with good people. Out. I saw you with G put. Right. Yeah. And then you work with poster child LA. I formally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, the only way I know that bro is cause I'm a big fan of yours as well. And I see the moves you make with your branding. And I, I'm also someone that's big around cannabis, meaning like, yeah, you got cannabis, but I'm big on like, who's going to be the first person working with to me. Who's going to be the first person where, you know, collabs yeah. like that, that actually yeah, like you guys you did was so like, you had, you had the Barney's, uh, collab. How, how, oh, how did wow. that come to fruition? How did, um, even though RIP Barney's man, they, yeah, they're you know, that was legacy. They in un, you know, that was, that, that, that was, we love Barney's, but that was yeah. one of the, you got in there before that was fucking amazing. That one, I get a lot of comments about. So even though it wasn't to me, it wasn't, quote unquote, a success, you know, it wasn't like a moneymaker, but there's certain things like when you're building a brand, um, that are, are just benchmarks, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I've always been an advocate for the plant and, you know, coming from being around guys like, you know, Perone and just, it cracks me like, it cracks I love me. this. I know. I love it. 
These are dope. <laughs> I love it. We're gonna keep going. Where's mine, man? I Fuck. love it, bro. I'm here, dog. Dog. No, dude. <laughs> hey, Fuck it. I'm not <laughs> laughing at you, big dog. We're no, but like, you're right. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, this is what's no, up, you look dude. Good at him. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 Well, oh, we might just man. have to wear these when we get high now. I know. Dude, dude, if you did these and introduced these to the shrooms, I mean, these might be at the range. Oh, you're man. right. That's a good play. You might, put, <laughs> Yo, but, you might be at a booth. But you're. But he's saying the Barney's collab. Like, what led up to that? And then you had your Complex Con drop, if you don't mind talking about that. Because, like, th- that's they were like, no weed companies, no weed companies. And then I'm yeah, like, you Yo, always, what? Yeah. You always seem to be like the weed company. <laughs> you that, know. Like, it's called being persistent. I know. We're not a weed company. We're a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we're always just trying to people are always like saying that this is designer and the reason the way we design the packaging mm-hmm. we it always is. had we always had like the luxury consumer um in mind whether it be it like well, you know a wealthy woman or you know just like uh like a, a hip-hop star who just you know fucking got his louis bags and he wants to fire shit because a lot of the branding that I saw in the canvas space, you know, even like five, six years ago was really like, um, Mom, yeah, it was like cartoon yeah. characters, really juvenile. You yeah. know? And I'm like, this is not elevated. This is not fire. Somebody who's wealthy and rich, they're not going to want this fucking packaging. This is why really trustable. Yeah. So then with the whole design and the, and where I took the brand was, to, I was like, I need to be, I need to create a brand that's like fucking high end, like a Gucci, a Louis. I need to like, yeah. I want to be that because if someone's saying that my weed's designer and we coined that term, right? People are like, dude, that's designer weed. That's designer weed. And I sat there and I go, well, if it's designer, designer don't look like fucking cartoon characters yeah. and shit. Designer is very simple and chic. And it's and, not Mickey and, Mouse smoking a joint or it's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, yeah some crazy <laughs> so I shit. sought out to create that in, in the space. And I, I felt like, like, and not, and at first it was like, oh, I want to be the Hermes of cannabis. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we made, we designed kind of the Hermes of cannabis, mm-hmm. which is clandestine. And guess what? We were like, nah, we're not doing that because that brand, what I mean is our design looked just like that. Gotcha. And I was yes. like, nah, make the orange brighter, make it more fun. Let's come up with this dope print. And then it was like, boom, Sherbisky's was born because Love cannabis it. isn't Hermes. It's not a fucking leather handbag. It's, mm-hmm. it's spiritual. It's, it's magic. It's, 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 that's, that's, it's a plant. And, and it's so a grower. I want it to be more that fun. was coming from you. That's you saying, like, hold on one second. Like, here's a little bit of me in here. And now and now this is what you got. Yeah, but for well, sure. it's a little more of the plant, right? Because like it's I wanted the plant to speak. And the plant is fun, right? It's 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 designer and it's high end, but it's mm-hmm. fun. And you know, I I just don't I don't gravitate to a lot of these brands that are quote unquote elevated or high end or designer, but it just looks like you're buying a leather handbag or something, right? There's no right. soul. It's about the flower. Yeah. It's about the fire in there. We talk a lot about fresh flower. It's about aesthetics. It's about like, even with a flower or a plant, you know, the reason why cannabis smells is because thousands of years ago when it grew in the wild, that's how we would find it, you know, and that was our medicine. So it's the same with the aesthetics of our brands that we create bright colors and things like naturally, if you look through a thing, Mike, right there, whatever's on that, my eyes just stopped right at that. And it's orange. Yeah. Tricone production was for pests, basically it, it, pests now, right? Would get trapped before they would eat it. Or if, uh, uh, let's say a deer would eat it or something, it would trip out, 
right? So it was kind of like, yeah, everything about the plant, like you're saying, is for a reason. Yeah. It's not like the way it responds, the way it puts on trichomes, the way it, all that is for a reason, you know? Even with the psilocybin and the, the mycelium network, that's like even a whole deeper thing about how we're all connected. And I read mycelium running. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, okay, yeah, yeah. Roach. Yeah, yeah. Next time we might have to do a microdose for the, for the <laughs> oh. second one. Or a massive dose. From Oakland. Some, some micro. Yeah, bro. You need to have my uh, my boy Oakland Hype on, Reggie. Yeah. Or even like Decrim Nature bring uh, awareness okay. to what they're doing because, you know, I like what you guys are doing, man. And I think like, you know, it's not just about, um, you know, telling people stories, but it's it's honoring, you know, the yeah. people that did it, which I think you we're guys are doing a great job of doing that. We're trying yeah. to, we're working to pay homage first and, uh, give everyone a platform to lift their brand up in a positive light. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're like everyone else, fans of the community, fans of the culture. And we, mm-hmm. that's what we love up. doing this shit. So yeah, that's the community it's, it's, that I like being part of, you know, and that's, that's, that's the vibe. I think that's like, that's the, the vibe of the cannabis community, at least the one that I want to be in. I've dedicated 18 years. I know he brings it up all the time, but uh, I've, I've shared um, my life with the plant for 18 years in, in a million different ways. You know, that's been my, my girl, my, my kids, my, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I was like, hold on one second before I really trip out. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel you, man. I'm, I'm still on that path of like the plant, the plant, the plant. I mean, we're doing know? shit. I mean, come on, this is work. I mean, I'm like, I love what I do. Talk, talk about since you have a family and things are different now. Wow. Yeah. And you come from the street life. And I know a lot of people worry about this and a lot of people want to know about this. <clears throat> talk about when you were able to find stability in kind of your brand and legitimize and not have to worry about so much shit anymore and, and, and know that, hey, you know what? This is my future. This is my career. Like... This is what I'm doing. I mean, there's proof. Now. To be honest with you, it's it's like it's when I brought on investors. You know, it's 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 when you know I got to a point where I could, and it just took years and years. Even when I first got, you know, and when I first got investors, there was no social equity. There was no. It was like I was getting million dollar checks, you know, sent to me from like our investors early on, and no one was doing that. It was all on handshakes and genetics and our wow. tribal property. Uh, our first investors good people though at least from what i know right here right now yeah you know, because mean, right now you you're we got hearing, where we need to go there's so many i mean you had to get to 20 investors before you got to the ones you're working with now yeah holy hell but but the the point is like I, i'll be totally honest with you when you're scraping it all together it's your money and you know it's not really stable you're just scraping you're just pulling everything together and when you get to a point where you actually have a company and people sit in front of you and seriously go yeah, I'm going to write you a check for $4 million or I'm going to write you a check for two. That's when you can be like, you have structure, you have like people. And man, I've been scraping along with my, like my operators have not been the best. I'll be, that's been one of my weaknesses. Now my weakness is my strength. You know, it's like, it's taken Hell five yeah. years to, to find like talent mm-hmm. and make people believe you're not getting the best guys from like Tilray or these high guys that work at these companies around the world unless you have a fucking resume and people want to work with you and believe in you. And so now, you know, as far as we've come and look, the industry and this regulated industry, we take hits, man. And if you're a brand in the industry and you're alive right now, big ups because it's hard. And if you're regulated and if you're fighting to try to at least be licensed and evolve and come from what we come from, which is like, you know, doing it in our garages and shit. Like it's hard. The pivot is the hardest. I'm not a hater, man. Like I want everybody to win. I think everybody, 
like there's room for everybody. And I just think like the more like right now we're seeing a lot of, of mergers and acquisitions. We're seeing a lot of consolidation and, and collaboration and, over competition. We're seeing a lot of like, so companies where I'm going with it, with, with the mergers and mm-hmm. stuff is a lot of companies like you're starting to see their, their strengths and weaknesses. Like I've got a brand, I've got genetics, you know, certain other people, they have big cultivation. Yeah. And so there's ways now because like now a lot of people put a lot of money into cultivation and now they, you know, the market's starting to like, if you've got mids or anything, that's not exotic or brand, it's, like, it's just going down. Uh-huh. So now I, I, somebody like me can come in and be like, okay, I'll give you X amount. You grow fire. And I mean, they're going to give me fire, right? Mm-hmm. 37%. Mm-hmm. Now I can be, you know, I've created a space for myself where I can leverage this and we can come in and we can be like, yo, we got a checkbook. And it's like, nah, we're not going to, but we treat our farmers, you know, our growers fair. But it's like, yo, this is a competitive market. And like we invested into the brand, you know, and heavily. And we invested into our cultivation and stuff. But we I believe that ultimately, you know, the sun and, you know, these greenhouses Mm -hmm. and things are going to be the future where the price per pound is going to be very low. The quality is going to be super high. You're going to be getting the same percentages. I think that's really where it's going. But in the meantime, all these indoor guys that are going to be, frankly, there's going to be a lot of my friends and people that are going to be going out of business because they're depending on these genetics that are watered down. These depend, these genetics that are recycled and I won't name any names, but it's like a lot of the same shit and it's styrofoam. It's big styrofoam ass buds that look fire. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to be so high. And then you light it up and it's, you don't taste anything. Yeah. It's like, it's just Balco the fuck out. And I just like part of these phenol hunting and, and you know, just these selections for these new cultivars that look, it's not just for me. I can't, I can only grow 10 strain, whatever strains, right? Yeah. A lot of this is going to be for these partners that we're going to work with. That's amazing though, because you're about Culture to put cannabis. out thousands of phenos and you're going to be able to choose from thousands of phenos. And, and by you saying, I'm going to use all these different genetics, that's a good thing because now we're going to see a lot of expression. We're going to see right. GMO expression, chem expression. Now we're going to see Girl Scout expression. Now we're going to see gelato times gelato times gelato. You know, I, right. And now you're going to see stuff that has somehow been probably like runs or gelato, right? But it's, it's gelato forward, right? It's, it's like been right. originally. Now you're going to see that times gelato. It's, it's so dope. Yeah. And now the variety of phenotypes you're going to hunt for is going to be crazy. My goal is I want to just, I want to break the glass ceiling. I want to break the roof off at all. I don't want to like, I just want to just go, Hey, this is my best work. This is, this is, I don't know how to contribute to the game anymore. I'm popping everything under the ceiling. Dude, being and transparent will do that. People yeah. will be tripping out seeing yeah. that. And I think that's, that's the only way. And in your life, you can do it. Yeah. And but just people if you see have, that. If you have so many yeah. too, I can't cultivate all these. So then it's going to open up to other people that I, I can really bring them mm-hmm. in and say, Hey, what do you want to hear? What direction we want to go? Cause these guys that are breeding and doing these products, it takes fucking Time, passion, money, commitment. Absolutely. Yes. Shout and out you, to all the breeders out yeah, there. That anybody are who's, man, who's making Shout seeds, out. who's growing, who's who's from the testers to the mm-hmm. cultivators to the seed makers to the people that put in people's hands. Look, you guys realize like it's legal to grow cannabis. Like a lot of people have fought and died for this. You know, at, you know, one of the things I'm going to be working on with Sherbinsky's is is uh, doing um, distribution for seeds and all the distri- dis- the 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 dispensaries in California to give just everyday people access to good genetics. And you can grow it in your backyard legally. You can have six plants. And so, you know, if you've got a safe space and you know, if it's not going to be around, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with, grow the cannabis, try it. Cause trust me, it's a hardy plant. 
and there's good genetics that you have access to. And if you have these things and you grow it in your backyard, you know, you're probably, if you have a drinking problem, you're probably going to drink less. If you're taking medication yes. and you're, and you're a veteran, shout out to my veterans are all the pain and all the PTSD and everything you're going through. If you actually have access to good medicine, you're going to, you're going to get off all those meds and you're going to be able to do it because you're going to be feeling good. You're going to be getting high Love it. and you're going to be building community. And that's, that's what soldiers do. That's what the military, my brother, shout out to my brother, Kevin, he's, he's a hundred percent disabled PTSD, um, from desert storm, you know, um, Marine, us Marine Corps. So I've got a, you know, and, and cannabis saved his life. He came to my, um, like seven, eight years ago, he came to my house in San Francisco when I was teaching Muay Thai and he was suicidal. And, um, I ran with him on the beach and I got him into Muay Thai and a year's time, he lost a hundred pounds and he got off all his medication and all he was doing is smoking gelato and sherbet and doing concentrates and shit. So wow. I, I love in that. It. That's I believe amazing. in it. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, man, it's about the people and I'm just totally committed. I want, I want to have a brand with purpose. And I believe that that's going to be the differentiator for all brands moving forward, not just in the cannabis space, especially in the cannabis space, um, because we're leaders in so many ways. But in 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 all business, it's like, what's your purpose? What yeah. what's the driving thing? And I think you know we had to take a good look at that with COVID and everything. Everybody had to sit down and be like, yo, what are we really about now? Like, fuck. And when I sat down and I thought about what I was about, it was like, man, I'm about the same thing I've always been about, which is about being true to this plant, helping people. I'm helping people by growing flour. I'm helping people by getting, giving people as safe access in dispensaries. By doing good business, yeah. by not fucking people over. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. I can tell by the way you talk about business that you, it's like, I know it's a treacherous space and you're staying true to yourself through it. I can tell. So yeah, man, and just having integrity with what we do. And, and, and look, Here's the other thing is I'm here to tell you with all this, I, I told you the bad side of it, but the good side of the cannabis space is don't give up hope because there is good people. And even with corporate cannabis cutthroat business, you can still operate with integrity and you can still get good, do good business with good people. Yes. And, you know, and there's a lot of great people in the cannabis space and there's still a great community. Um, I just want to encourage all of us to hold on to that part of it, not be haters you know, big up the people that you see around you because they're, they're, everyone's got their challenges. We're all trying to just get through this. And it just, with that kind of energy, you can go so much farther. And honestly, dude, there's been people that I might've met and then I don't see them for a couple of years. Um, and then they meet me and they go, Hey, Mario, I really liked how you handled this and this, and I'd really like to do business with you. And they fucking open up mad doors, you know? So sometimes, and that was all just by you know, staying true and, 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 and like building relationships within the community. So there's a lot of that, that sometimes that it's the moves that you don't think people are seeing. They are seeing mm -hmm. and, and they, they understand mm -hmm. like, nah, he made that right. He handled that the right way and they were. And so, yeah. Yeah. Like for example, it's my, almost like karma. My boy, Chris, we had a big indoor grow last year in Silmar. It didn't really work. They grew fire though. Right. And it didn't really work out. We had some problems with this former employer. But Chris and I were always like straight up. He's like, Hey dude, this was, I couldn't, he was always honorable. I knew like Chris was solid. Yeah. Chris calls me up about a month ago and was like, dude, guess what? I'm not with him anymore. I got a fucking 700 life facility. I want you in. Boom. Like I don't even have to question. There's no interview. It's like, I know how Chris operates. I know like that he's solid. I know that if I deal with issues, cause it's not, if it's when 
If you're in business, if you're cultivating, shit's going to happen. Hundreds of thousands of dollars will be lost. Yes. Build, build bugs, this, that, power went, this shit's going to happen. Grower quick, grower stole, something. Da, 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 da. If you can't get through all this shit with people and they're not people that are going to like be able to like bounce, it's, it's, it's really hard. And so yeah. that's what I mean by rolling with the punches. And sometimes, you know, things lead you just, but if you're true and you deal with people, that was a good example for me. Cause I was so pissed. I give my genetics to people. It doesn't mm-hmm. work out. It ended up being a blessing. You know, I met Chris, I saw what he was all about. And now so. the word's out too. And people know, man, people know, like, yeah. like this is the, this is the homie who really put these <clears throat> on the map. It doesn't matter. It, like, Oh, that's awesome. You grow it. But like, yeah, that's the big homie who, who's that is. Yeah. Right. It's, I always associate it that's to like world right a, a cook in the kitchen, right? They can, they can, you know, you can say, no, this is Mario spaghetti. Right. And that's what the, and now they can try to make that. They can have the recipe. They can have the exact recipe. It's still going to come out different. It's still going to taste different. Yeah. You having your grows and you focusing in on this and 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 being able to focus your growers in also on like, no, something about the flavor. You need to change this up. Or, I mean, I can't wait to see that, bro. The evolution of what's about to happen. I'm going to be tripping because I'm going to be like, whoa, fuck. Like, like for example, in Oklahoma, <clears throat> if you look up... Um, Dabbergrass, big up to my partners, Dabbergrass in Oklahoma, 500 acres of flavor. Um, but yeah, they did 500 acres last year in Oklahoma. Holy so cow. My model and everything 500 is, acres. we had the vision. I work with a partner. We, we actually um, grew seeds out there. And, and then this year we were able to plant them in 130,000 seeds, you know, and, and we, oh. you know, working with a different, wow. that's another side of how we see like cultivation going. And then there was like 11 different varieties. And then, so we got to see, they were just, look, they're growing. And then, uh, they're also cookies cultivation partner out there. So it was like hundreds of acres out here and we're growing plants from like, you know, we were testing things and go, okay, if we drop them August, you know, this big, how big are they going to be? And these plants are like this fucking big and expressions, 11,000. I mean, insane amounts of expressions of phenotypes. And so we're going through and we're creating the SOPs to like, make sure that any herms, anything, everything is marked. Everything's perfect. No seeds. We go back through on the keeper side, flag ones. We can actually pull cuts. We can actually revegetate it. And so on such a large scale, I really, this is where this is going, you know, and like Oklahoma and big up to again, Dabbergrass for having the vision and the balls to like actually pull this off, but put the work in. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's like, I've never seen anything like that. Honestly, I'm proud. I'm proud to say even like, this wasn't technically a funeral hunt, but like, yeah, that was, there was 60 acres that we did of just that. And wow. so, yeah. And I think, <laughs> Bro, I don't know if it's you can't call it a phenol yeah. hunt. I, I mean, so that's look, like one of the biggest phenol hunts I've ever heard this of. Was yeah. the, this was the grow that started what we we're talking about. It's this now, literally my girlfriend and I were flying out Saturday morning to go and just give our blessing. And uh, this land too, this was all native land. It was all fucking, you go out there. They had all the Indian casinos, everything's native. We like when they're digging up the soil, they're finding fucking dozens and dozens of like arrowheads and shit all over the wow. place. So, like, it's super, I've never spent time out there, but Oklahoma, you think like Oklahoma, what the fuck? You're like, dude, it's, it's God's country. Bro. I didn't know that. That's yeah, it's epic. gorgeous. It's beautiful. And you know, it's, you got to know how to grow out there because there's storms that come and uh-huh. shit like that. But these guys figured it out, man. They I grow, hear some crazy. They humidity. grow short and stout. Yeah. They spray certain things. Dude, they were using crop. We don't use pump sprayers. We were using crop dusters, bro. Right. So yeah, from pump sprayers to crop dusters, right, brother? 
like crazy. Like, <laughs> like That's straight crazy. up. Like he's like they got the plane come in and yeah, wow. yeah. wow. <laughs> and power SI, hey, big up to power SI. There you go. guys sponsored our farm out there. Yep. With Dabber Grass, you guys drop off pallets and shit. So straight like, up, shout out to up. homie Rex, man. Yeah. Big up, big up Rex, and big up to Grow Gen support. Too. Thanks to your your products and things is like we've had uh, like just wonderful results out there. And for being sun grown and being through the rain, and everything, this shit's fucking fire. So, exactly. Yeah, and that's literally reasons. what that's for, man. Yeah. And that's the big homie. He said he was like, I want to be the number one sponsor. He's yeah. like, I don't care whatever. You know, he, uh, yeah. he's the big Good homie, people. just like yeah. he did with you. He's like, I'll send you pallets. He he's such a grower. He's a grower. He he's literally a grower. reaches yeah. out to growers and he's, he's like, for the community. Oh, like, what do you want to know? I can tell you all about uh, he's Passion. one of the coolest dudes, man. Yeah, yeah, big, uh, great guy. Passion and purpose. Yeah, he yeah, helped us big, a lot. Big purpose. I feel it today yeah, with, with Mario here, man. I mean, massive purpose. Well, man, shit. We appreciate your time, bro. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was like a good time to wrap yeah, up. We had a blast. This is this this is like a, a blast from the past. With the Sherbinsky brand, the, I know. Literally, we need to fire this thing up, too, man. We're, 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 <laughs> gonna we're gonna troubleshoot this thing. We gotta figure <laughs> yeah. this out on the bowl on this. I'll uh, figure we'll it out. We'll figure it out. I the biggest one. You already know, man. Yeah. Family, yeah, man. For real. Appreciate you guys for having me back for oh, season bro, three, know, season man. four. Yeah. <laughs> you already know. Season three, episode twenty-five. It's no, we gotta come see the grower. We gotta come kick it. We'll do something with taste. Let's do a taste maker. Let's try something out. Hundred percent. Yeah, come through. Yep. And there then I go. got some flavors for you pretty soon, too. I do my yeah. thing. I got yeah, to, you. man. Absolutely. I'm a fan and I'm a student and, and, always. And shout out to our boy, John G. John G. Music One. At John, John G. G. Music One. You already know the big one, man. A few know, nights man. of smoking herb and listening to beats and yeah. being like, Yo, I did this song with this dude. I produce. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we went to people the that are Vegas passionate. A few times. Oh, he's. Oh, yeah. It's good times. <laughs> but passionate people, where it's just passion over everything. That's that's a guy I think of with that. Where we're sitting in there and he just loves music. He's producing music. I I love it. You already know, man. Yeah. That new artist he's working with, Jeremy. Though, look out for him. He's fire. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, man. Trubinsky, first smoke of the day, episode 25. We appreciate it. White Ashes. Thanks for having me. Black Lee, Trubinsky. Everybody, bless. Peace.